there, Comic Clan, and welcome to Comics in the Cross, the greatest streamers that you have never heard of. You are, of course, back with the dynamic duo of Twitch, myself, Cross, along with my co-host, Nitro. Any head, also Thanks known as. What's up, everybody? Someone How's it going? <laughs> Thank you so much, Ads, for that host. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you for being in here. Ads been in here chatting since before we even started. Whoa. Already with the sub. Yeah, Raven Eye, thank you. Good to see you, sir. Uh, Mountain Nerds in with another sub. Excelsior. Welcome to the Stan Clan yet again, Kayla. Good to see you in there, sir. Good to Welcome. see you. Hope you're doing well. Not seeing you for a little while, Kayla. Welcome. Hope everything's good. A little ASMR in my sexy voice. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Stan Clan. Your sexy, apparently half Scottish voice as you keep claiming. <laughs> And now thank you somehow. Well, I mean, I can show you my genealogy report. I mean, if you, we want to go there, you know, we you're, can. You're still American. <laughs> it's like, show me the genealogy report all you want. Oh, man. Uh, sorry, I can't stay too long. I have a house of sick kids, but wanted to stop by. Dang, getting thrown in the deep end, Caleb. No problem <laughs> at all, sir. We appreciate you popping in anyway. I hope it goes well. hope the kids are all feeling better soon. You and Taylor have an absolutely phenomenal day, my friend. Yes. Thanks for popping in. Thanks for the sub. But yeah, we are back again with another podcast. It feels good getting to do podcasts back to back to back again. It's It's been a while does, since we've man. done it like this, you know. Yeah, and I'm pumped about today's uh, yeah. because I really, I really, really enjoyed Loki. Yeah, so for not, anyone, to, not to get into it, but... Hey, go up Trio Podcast in the house. How is guys, it going? I gotcha. Yep. Give Mountaineers and Coopa shout out if yeah. you can nitro but yeah as nitro said we are here we're going to be talking all things loki today all spoilers for the disney plus series uh so hyped for it so excited for it it was an absolutely awesome show i'm excited to get into it and never if you told me like a loki show was coming from the moment we heard of it i could never have predicted where this was going yeah, to be honest with you, like I've never been like hardcore invested in Loki as a character. I didn't not like him, but he's just I was like, meh. Well, you know, it, it is what it is with him. Like he wasn't really on top of my list, you know. Yeah, but uh, we are going to be delving into that today. But uh, let's start off with a hangout though. It was like, how is everybody doing? How is everyone in chat getting on? Excuse me. How's your weekends been? What have you all been up to? Hope you've all dude, had I, an absolutely blast time. And how are you doing, man? Because you hit you hit up a Comic Con lately. Yeah, dude. So my wife surprised that. me with some uh, some Comic Con tickets, Skate a local Comic Con that we had. A member of the um, recently. Um, oh, hold on a sec. Glocksteady coming in with that tier one sub. East mode. Welcome back to the Stan Clan, Lock. I love you guys. Love you too, Lock. Can we get a shout out for Lock? Actually, you keep telling about Comic Con. I'll do the shout out. All right, cool. All right, so for those of you, all right, so again, my wife surprised me with some Comic Cons, a local Comic Con where Paul, or Cross and I live, um, uh, and so we went on Saturday with the kids, and it was a smaller con, but it was cool because I haven't been to a con in, in a while, and for those of you who have been watching the stream for a while, you know I'm a huge fan of Spawn, I'm a huge fan of the figures, the figurines, because I used to collect them, so I've been looking for them for a while, and I picked this one up. This is Arsenal Spawn, which is uh, probably one of my favorites. Yes, I have a, I have a toy on stream, but I'm pretty excited uh, about this. This will go up in in the uh, stream room. So, um, yeah, and I picked up. Um, I was looking for some some issues, some single issues. I didn't find any, but I picked up a print of Nightwing that I know Cross is a huge fan of. So yeah, overall, 
it was a cool day, man. It was a cool. It was cool getting back out there, seeing the seeing the art and all that stuff. So, no, sorry that I was kind of half invested. I went to do the shout out for Locke, and then it decided, <laughs> hey, you already started streaming. Why don't you put in your verification code and resign to Twitch on your chat, even though you're live streaming? And I'm like, really? Well, that's, you know. Like, it I just really, wants to make sure that we are super secure when we stream. Yeah, but that's a yeah, cool-looking figure, though, for Spawn. Um, Ad saying his favorite Spawn character is Gravedigger. Nice. Um, Locke saying, out with a friend, so I'm just lurking, but wanted to show that love. I appreciate it, Locke. Absolutely love you, brother. Have your good day out with your friend. We don't feel abandoned at all, so don't feel guilty in any shape or form of it not being here. Just kidding. Absolutely love you, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so... If, Nitro hitting up first con since I'm excited to get back to cons, man. I'm excited to. Dude, I want to go to a really, really big one, man. Mm-hmm. I want to go to like a like a New York con or a Baltimore con or something like that. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. But how was how was your weekend, man? Uh, my weekend. You've been, been super busy, right? <laughs> yeah, my weekend has just been busy, man. Just been working away, like stuff on with the kids, and then work. The last couple of days has been super busy. Been like nonstop for this, so. Yeah. So yeah, enjoying like this morning. Uh, like literally, I got up with the kids and stuff. Um, my wife took the kids to church. Back first time them being back in church, I stayed back at the house with their oldest. Mm-hmm. And just because the church doesn't really have stuff set up yet for kids with autism and his age, yeah. so I stayed back at the house, gave him his thing, and I ended up crashing for like a couple of hours. I was so oh. exhausted, I passed out nice. for like a few hours and completely crashed. Good old nap. Um. It was actually lovely just to fall asleep. I woke up like just after eleven. And I'm like, oh, what okay, the? nice. <laughs> <laughs> Your face plastered to the blanket. Yeah, it, that was so nice, dude. I'm not gonna lie, like I was so. Your naps are awesome. I'm sorry. I don't yeah, care who when you. I don't care what anybody says. Especially when you come up here and your kids will not sleep. Like naps <laughs> are like just this little blessing throughout your day. It's so nice. Yeah. I call some of them coma naps, you know, like when you wake up and you have no idea where you're in. Yeah, you're at, you like know? you completely forget what happened. <laughs> of course, what hates naps. Of course. They make you feel awful. Well, it depends on how long you sleep. Yeah, I guess, yeah. you're doing it wrong then if you're feeling awful after a nap. Naps are amazing. It's like, I, of course you hate naps, though. Has this I have had those naps. I had I have had those naps though, where you sleep for like four and a half hours, or not four and a half hours. Good lord, that's a long nap. But like two hours or something like that. And you're like, holy crap! I feel way worse than I did when I before I, I was tired. I, was I, say, I get it. I get it a little bit. Well, I was going to say, dude, nap for four and a half hours. That's, like, <laughs> that's how long. That I sounds like you went night. to sleep. I'm like going to say night. that's how long I sleep at night when I get off work at midnight and my kids decide, hey, guess what? You need to go downstairs at this time. In the morning, we're up. I don't care if you didn't go to bed until a certain time. You are now up. Yeah, it's like you're up now. That's that's just what's happening. Uh, that's hilarious. But yeah, it's been a pretty decent weekend. Um, I, uh, I did check out a new show, or at least started oh. a new show, as you did this weekend oh. as well. Oh. We are not going to go too far in depth because I think we kind of decided that next week we're actually going to do another podcast based on the show. But I just can't believe how much controversy has kind of came out and how much stuff has kind of been going on the internet in the last couple of days uh, with the release of Masters of the Universe Revelation. Yeah. The reboot He-Man show. Um, I'm not going to go too much into detail right now about it. 
we've had quite a few conversations around this cross we've had some lengthy talks already i'm only like two yeah. episodes deep and i've had some lengthy yeah. talks to you so i still i've watched the first five of or i'm sorry the first four of five i haven't watched the fifth one yet um yeah because it's, it's more like a mini series or like a extended movie or something like that it's like five parts to the one overarching story yeah um and there's a lot of kind of stuff around about it like because like the Rotten Tomatoes score came out and it was like 94% is certified mm-hmm. fresh like really certified fresh yeah um, a lot of people who are fans of He-Man and Masters of the Universe and that sort of stuff came out and absolutely hate it yeah absolutely cannot stand it yeah and then of course that's that's normal though like fans people coming out and saying i hated this you ruined this da, 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 da. that's not a big deal that that happens in our, but, in our you know especially when it especially when it comes to like beloved properties yeah like IPs, nostalgic you know? properties from your childhood yeah. you get people saying that all the time it has been mm-hmm. said about everything and of course there was a reboot of he-man coming because there have been reboots of everything lately it's not like we've not had he-man again before it's no original concepts you know you know it's like he-man's been rebooted like three times or something since the 80s when the original one came out but then Kevin Smith, uh, one of the geek overlords that most people look up to for geek things, who is the writer of the show and one of the producers on the show, decided he couldn't hold his tongue on this and started mouthing off back at fans. And mm-hmm. It's not going well for him. It's really not. It's just making them more hardcore hate him. Because first, the first massive accusation... Remember as well, this, there's only been a couple, but this has only been out for like two or three days at this point. Yeah. And there's already a massive amount of controversy. And he basically said that all these negative reviews that are coming out that are different from what all the critics are saying and all that, that people are just review bombing it. The people mm-hmm. are just hating on it for the sake of hating on it. You know, all this stuff and went off. Yeah, apparently he called out was it clownfish like the pop culture website and stuff for some yeah. of the stuff that they were saying on it and their review on it and all this stuff like he called them out by name like so he's actually going after some of the bigger yeah. pop culture sites that are talking about this yeah then i saw the report today being posted that basically kevin smith to all the fans who hate the new masters of the universe reboot is to grow the f up yeah Because that's the way you talk to Kevin, a fan base that loves a particular IP. Kevin. That's not the way that you address this. No, no, that's, no, just stop. Right. So so you and I, all right, I know we're going to get into this next week, but I feel like we have to dip our toes in a bit right now since we're talking about it. Yeah. So you and I had this conversation earlier today. All right, so when you are pitching a show, when you're pitching something, especially something as dear to the hearts of many of people our age such as key man masters of the universe mm-hmm. uh, a reboot of that or a continuation of the show so to yeah, speak because that's what it is it's yeah, a continuation, it's a continuation because it's, it's a continuation it's already an established uh, world when it picks up in episode one we're already fully established this is going on yeah. so yeah yeah so when you set expectations for hey we got this coming this is what it's going to look like this is kind of going to kind of be the vibe he released that trailer with that 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 80s rock music on it you know he he himself i don't want to get into too many spoilers because we're going to get into this next week but the way that he set up the show and the way that he said this show was going to be focused 
it's not. Yeah. And I think I think I, again, and I know I've told you this cross, but I don't think the show was bad. But I think the way that no. it was set up, I think that's why people are pissed, and I think that's why people are quote unquote it's... review bombing it per se. Whatever, they're mad because. You know, you set it up to be something else. You reinforce that, you know, via, you know, sound clips and interviews and all that stuff. And then it turned out to be something completely different, which you said it was not going to be. Yeah. I think that's why people are upset. I think that's it as well. It's like, and the honest truth is, like, it's... The whole thing for it is, like, like we said, like, I would say the show, at least at the moment, seems like... I'm only a couple of episodes in, but it's at least middle of the road. There's some really good stuff to it, and there's some stuff mm-hmm. that I really don't like. So yeah. I'm still very on either side of the fence. I'm not completely, this is a horrible show, or this is an amazing show. My issue, though, overall, is the response of Kevin Smith to it. It's mm-hmm. like... And I was thinking about this today. I was like, that if you are someone who is in the business of entertainment... And that includes even us doing this here on Twitch right yeah. now. If you're like us on Twitch or YouTube or anything like that as a content creator, if you are in television, if you are in music, if you are in video games, you it's not like a regular job. It's like the stuff that you do as your job is dependent on reaching out and connecting with a fan base. It's connecting mm-hmm. with a community. It's connecting with people and that you are going to hope is going to take in the product that you're providing who are going to show up interact with it enjoy it and you know the thing is people are going to show up and they're not always going to enjoy what you do we've had some episodes that have been phenomenal of our podcast we've also had some that have been awful that no one came and listened to yeah yeah it's like it happens it's one of those things like you you try your best with content creation in any Mm -hmm. form of it and the problem is that he's like he's automatically taking this as a personal shot at him Mm mm-hmm and what his vision for it is and has came out and attacked the fan base for it and i'm like you know what one thing is not going to get a fan base turned around on your idea and what you were planning to do with it is 100 percent going at them is not going to turn them around well yeah and not only is he he's lashing out at the fans but he's He's being very lazy about it, in my opinion, and a lot of other people are as well. It's like being a parent kind of child. Oh, everyone that doesn't like it should just grow the f up. And I'm like, oh, well, yeah, good, yeah. They're, a, they're, congratulations, that's saying, a grade school comeback. Good job, son. Yeah, they're basically saying everybody who doesn't like it fits in this particular group. Which again, we'll talk about next week. Yeah. But they're basically saying those people fit into this particular group, so they shouldn't be listened to anyways. And again, that's not the way to address a criticism of something that you've produced. Look at Marvel. This, and then I brought this up to you earlier. When Iron Man three came out, all of the um, the promotion for that, all the trailers, all the posters had who front and center had the Mandarin front and center. Yeah. During that film, we found out that the Mandarin wasn't the Mandarin, but it was Ben Kingsley. You know, and uh, a lot of people were upset. It didn't crash the movie per se. It still got a decent rating on Rotten Tomatoes and stuff like that. Yeah. But Marvel listened to the criticism. I think, in my opinion, this is what they did. I could be wrong. But I feel like they listened to, okay, we get it. You guys really wanted this character. We didn't provide that for you. So they kind of did a turnaround with that that little short, All Hail the King. And now when Shang-Chi comes out, it's the real Mandarin. We're getting getting the freaking real Mandarin, you know? And I think part of that, I'm not saying all of it, but I think part of that was, look, you said it was going to be this and it wasn't 
Yeah, and, it's, like, it's the realization you know, of like we screwed up on something. Exactly. Exactly. How do we fix that? Of like, and that's not saying that like screwing up is necessarily a bad thing. You try and subvert expectations and stuff, and you try and change things up because you want it to be different. Because if you are rebooting something, especially, excuse me, you don't want it to be the same thing as it's always been. Yeah. You don't want it to be the same. Like we don't want to give you the He Man that you watched in the eighties because you can go and you can stream that or you can buy the DVDs mm-hmm. and Blu-rays or you can do whatever you know you can go and watch those if you want yeah. that again go back and watch it like if we're going to do it again it needs to be different otherwise what's the point so exactly. I I fully get that and I fully get and you take a risk on it sometimes it doesn't work mm-hmm. and sometimes you're completely sold out on like your idea of what you want to do and people hate it and you. Mm-hmm. Kevin Smith, of all people, who's been creating stuff for a long time and his stuff has not always gotten the best reception, mm-hmm. should be aware that not everybody's going to like his stuff, but this one he seems to have taken really harshly. Yeah, I mean, his stuff is incredibly divisive. Yeah. I mean, if we look at his like catalog as a whole, <laughs> like the people who like his stuff really, really like his stuff. Yeah, normally. if you're a Kevin Smith you know? fan and fan of his movies and stuff like that, chances are you're a big-time fan of his. I'm personally not a fan of his stuff. Some of his stuff's okay. Same. But, yeah. like, I'm not a big fan of his writing, whether it's watching his movies, the comics that he's written, anything like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but I'm aware there are fans out there of it. It's like, yeah. not every writer and every creator is for everyone. That's part but, of it. We've I mean, about that plenty of times. You, you got to realize, though, that when you're picking up, when you're picking up an IP like He Man and you're doing a riff off that, there is a lot of stuff that comes with that. There's a lot of. You know, and we're fanboys here, so we're gonna fanboy out a little bit, right? And we're gonna be our, we're gonna go back to our little eight-year-old selves here. You know, I love He-Man. I don't necessarily remember every single detail from the show, but oh, I remember no. loving He-Man. I, gr- I grew know? up with He-Man. I remember having the playset of Grey Skull and all the He-Man oh yeah, with the glove, with the, and... yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I dude. remember having that stuff when I was a kid. He was I, one of the yeah. big properties I watched. I'm like, but, so yeah. I mean, you have a... you have a lot of baggage though when you're bringing an IP into that into the new you know millennia and you're you're kind of rebooting that or continuing the show whatever there's a lot of stuff that comes with that there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that to an older fan base but also obviously to the new fan base right you got to bridge those gaps you can't just dismiss an entire section of people who are are not happy with what you produced and say they fit into this specific category some of their criticism is valid absolutely and but we are going to get fully into this topic next week. We literally, I we're obviously it. super not passionate about it at all. I know. It's like I got. I literally watched the first episode and I sent you a message and we just talked about this and I went, "Okay." Yeah, well, no, is- I remember I sent you the message the other night. And I was like, "Dude, have you seen Masters of the Universe?" Yeah, you sent me the I message have, first. I, I have some opinions. I didn't get to see it like the first day it came out. So on Saturday, I thought, "Okay, I'll Saturday morning I'll watch like episode one of it and check it out at least." And I watched episode one. And I don't even know how long the Marco Polo I sent you was. Like I, it was pretty this, long, dude. <laughs> I, like I just all this stuff coming out and all these thoughts on it. And but it was as long as the episode. I'll put it that way. Yeah, like I, I, I talked for ages on that, and so we decided, hey, let's do an episode on it. Let's talk about this and talk about it because not just because of the show itself, but now especially with the controversy around Kevin Smith with it and his response to fans and all that. I think this is a bigger topic to talk about. Agreed. Especially with us here. Um, but we'll save that for next week because we could get into that right now and there's so much... Like, we've not even finished the show technically yet, so we need to actually do that before we properly yeah. talk on it. Yeah, um, and I, I plan on watching it again. Like, I'm trying to get a more neutral stance on it uh, the second time, but, um, you know, we'll see. Yeah, but let me catch up with chat and then we will jump into talking about some Loki. 
I am desperately thirsty today. Sorry. <laughs> well, I let am. me redeem this. That was for myself. I'm going to redeem a drink now. Nice. You know you don't have to redeem it. You can just take a drink, right? Yes. I know. I know. I just thought it was... <laughs> I wanted it to be special. Uh, so, let's say it's not the way to address anything, in my opinion. Absolutely. Uh, Co op agrees. Uh, too many studios keep the audience guessing, and it's one of my least favourite things about entertainment right now. Sure, a degree of surprise is fine, but when they uh, don't even know who the lead is or if the show's getting more episodes, etc., etc., not very cool. Absolutely. I think it's. I understand wanting to subvert expectations and I get a lot of people try to do that now because there's this whole thing about the big twist and the turning things around and all of that yeah. and, and if it's done right it can be done really good and it can really improve a story but the thing is you mm. have to be sure when you're doing it um, but I absolutely agree Like sometimes it's it's just better to tell a good story Yeah, uh, I'd say and I liked it but for me it didn't have that full original He-Man feel yeah I can get mm -hmm. that from the first couple of episodes I've watched so far I can yeah. absolutely get that and Co-op saying he loves all of our episodes I thank you well, so much we love all of your episodes Lots of yeah them. we love you too which looking forward to that one saw the post that he they just recorded their latest episode as well so I'm looking forward to that dropping because uh, very special guests appearing on that our good friend Mr. Locksteady is going to be on that episode whoop, whoop. Uh, which special shout out to him by the way he is actually going to be joining us next week to talk about He-Man because there yes. is oh is it live now already? awesome I thought you just recorded it I didn't realise you'd already dropped it live good nice sweet now you go and check that out then uh, but Mr. Locksteady will of course be joining us next week because there is not a single person since I posted <laughs> that Masters of the Universe was coming out that was more excited about the fact the He-Man show was dropping than Locke so I invited That's him to come so on funny. the show next week to talk with us and chat about this because, you know, it's something near and dear to his heart and yeah, maybe he'll temper us a little bit because we're probably going to rant quite a bit. Yeah, just just a little bit. But anyway, we are going to get ready to jump into talking about Loki. And just before I do that, let me do a special shout out for our sponsors. You can see right below me, Gamer Grind Co. Number one coffee for gamers. Hashtag on that grind. And they have been massive supporters of us since the very beginning. You can go and get yourself some absolutely amazing coffee from them. Cheers. Some of my coffee I've still got left over. Um, but go and check them out and use uh, Comics in the Cross at checkout to save yourself 5% on some phenomenal coffee. Also, as well, you can pick up some uh, Comics in the Cross merch over there as we have a coffee cup and sticker in there store so click on that link to go and get yourself some amazing coffee i wanted to make sure i definitely go in the sponsor because we can get yeah. ranting sometimes and i can forget about them so totally sure. we definitely mentioned them all right so this is the moment right, if you are in chat this is it we're going full spoilers for loki and this 100 percent spoilers and this is trust me this show goes from not to 60 really quickly and Nitro's trying to grab your face. Sorry, I'm just adjusting the camera. <laughs> Coming for you. Um, I don't want to cut my head off. Right, so, cool. yeah, so we are going to be going full spoil for this. This show goes like not to 60 completely, delves into and opens up in ways that you would not expect from the first episode and also has an effect on the wider MCU that we did not foresee coming. So if you have not seen it, I recommend going, checking it out, catching this episode later after you have seen it and caught up on it. But if you are hanging around and either you've seen it or don't mind spoilers, we are going co-op. We're doing stretch. I need that. My shoulders are like 
rock oh, solid. Back. Like I said it in the chat last night when Locke and Co-op were streaming, was like that. I need something to hit my back with a sledgehammer. Like my shoulders are that tight and rock solid. Dude, I got one of those guns. You know the guns that have the the ball on the on the end. That, oh like, yeah, you can, it's awesome. It's awesome. It actually sounds phenomenal right now. Like to loosen up my sh my shoulder blades. Like they're like, so tight, it's ridiculous. I like you sitting in the chair all day and your hips get tight or whatnot. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, that was me, cop. That was me that said that one. Um, but yeah, so we're going to delve into full spoilers for this. So I'm hoping you've either watched the show or don't mind spoilers or anything like that. All right, so so full disclosure, um, Cross and I have both seen all of the episodes, obviously, uh, um, and oh, we've sorry to catch chat. Logical robot, welcome on in. And nope, you did not miss it. We are literally just starting to hit Loki. We were having a little chat first of all, uh, but we are literally just delving into the Loki stuff right now. So you are just in time for it. So normally, when we try to review something, uh, comic book uh, like Marvel or DC related, we normally try to go over it at least a couple times so we can you know get some notes on it and stuff like that. So both Cross and I have seen the whole show at least once. Uh, I've seen the last couple episodes uh, a second time, and I know Cross, you've seen the first couple episodes a couple times uh, in, in addition. So we will try to re we're going to try to recap each episode at a very high level, just hit the main plot points of each episode. Yeah, we're going to keep the overarching kind of plot points for this one because the story moves very quickly. I don't want to stay as fixating on early stuff that really isn't a big factor going forward. Yeah. But this... But we're going to have to hit and move with this one because there is a lot of information crammed into six episodes. I don't know yeah. how they did it. Yeah, there's, there's a, a ton of Easter eggs. There's a ton of like minutia that we're, we're probably not going to hit. Uh, but we'll hit the de definitely the broader overarching things and our opinion of the show, what we think of it. Which, speaking of, Cross, what yes, did sir. you think of it overall? <laughs> overall, my thoughts on the show is honestly, this is my favorite of the Disney Plus shows. Yeah. Yeah. We can, you kind of hinted at it earlier, and I'm kind of the same way as you. Like, I was never a big Loki fanboy. Like, I thought mm -hmm. Tom Hiddleston's phenomenal at the role. Yeah, I love absolutely. his version of Loki. It is nothing against him. But mm -hmm. when people started going nuts for Loki, and they basically started bringing him back as often as they could because they realized yeah. he makes money. Yep. Um, I was never big on Loki. Same. This show sold me on Loki. I am so excited that there's going to be a season two of this. Yeah. Because I am ready for more of this version of Loki. I absolutely adored this show. It is, and I, I still love WandaVision. Falcon Winter Soldier was a good show. WandaVision was what, hands up my favorite. Loki mm -hmm. absolutely topped them all. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited to see where the show goes next. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think... Um... I feel like Loki had a better character arc in this six-episode series than he did in the entirety of the Phase 1 through 3 MCU. Yes, absolutely. Like, no question. The, and the thing is... The what's that? I'm going to say, the progression of his character from Episode 1 to 6 is amazing. Yeah. And it's like so much character development happens, but yet, at the same time, it doesn't feel forced. Well, and, and even what makes it more even more intense is his character development starts in episode one and it starts immediately after the Battle of New York. So just think about that. Like, Loki at his most evil from the and until the end of the show, it's just a huge character arc and it's super fulfilling. Yeah, absolutely. Like, the, the characters, like, plot points that this hits is just phenomenal. The yeah. show does such a great job and Tom Hiddleston is... I will say one of my favorite things about the show. He's definitely not my favorite in the show. It's like I do have mm -hmm. to hands down say, 
<laughs> the man that stole the show for me has to be Owen Wilson. Yeah, OBS. he's good, man. He one hundred percent stole the show for me. It's like if you told he me, gave the show heart, like a lot. If of you heart. told me Owen Wilson being cast in something in Marvel was going to be one of the best things to watch, wow. I would not have believed you. Owen Wilson as Mobius is amazing. Yeah, the. He's- Easily one of the best parts of the show, I think. The relationship, the bromance, the buddy cop thing between Mobius and Loki is mm-hmm. 100% the best thing taking place in this show. Yeah. Like, the back and forth of the two of them and the friendship that is created there is, like, legitimately awesome to watch. And that's, that's one of the things I think um, Marvel does really good at, especially with guys, is showing, like, really, really close friendships. Like, they do it with, obviously... Cap and Bucky, they do it with Sam and Bucky, even though they have more of an adversarial type relationship, it's still, you can tell they, they love each other. Mm-hmm. And then in this, with Mobius and Loki, at the very end when everything is, you know, starts to be revealed and stuff like that, and hey, man, it's so cool. He crushed, Owen Wilson crushed in the show. Yeah, he, he stole it for me. Like, there was a, I mean, don't get me wrong, there was a many great performances in this. They, mm-hmm. The cast was phenomenal. Yes. Uh, the t- top of the pile for me definitely was Owen Wilson. He was an amazing casting choice for this. Yeah, so I think you and me are pretty similar with the show. I loved it. It's I don't know if it's my favorite, but it it's it's either WandaVision or Loki, and it depends on the day. But I have a really special place for WandaVision just because I love those characters, and I wasn't super invested in Loki. But what Loki does to the further MCU, I, I think maybe might edge it out for me. I I really love just I love the music. I love the visuals in the show. I love the acting in the show. It, it's just it was really good. It started off a little slow for me, but I was okay with that. But right around episode three, four, it, it picked up and it was awesome. Um, yes, it's a stage setter for the MCU, man. It sets the stage for the future of the MCU, and I think you know I think it changes the MCU more than any other movie or series has done previously. Yeah, like just the concepts it throws out there. Because I talked about you, like I was kind of talking to you earlier. Um, one of the big things coming into Phase Four was we literally just had the Infinity Saga. Mm-hmm. We had this massive, like twelve-year run, twenty-plus movies building up to fighting Thanos, the getting of the Infinity Stones, the snap. Are they going to be able to pick up the ball and run at that same level? Because everyone, yeah. everyone was invested. Everybody in had stories. that same thought. Yeah. Everyone was invested in these stories, and the stories were done. Mm-hmm. So, like, can it's like that? Well, are you going to drop the ball going forward now with a new story? Because it would be so easy to do. What's up, Cameron? Thanks for popping in. Hey, Cameron. Let me give me a shout out for one geek. Um, yeah, and Lizzie Mobius. as well saying that Mobius <laughs> is our favorite as well. Like, absolutely. Yeah, he was awesome. He was awesome. Um, but like one thing I will say like they they done a phenomenal job of establishing that things were amping up even from episode one and yeah not to jump anywhere like to jump ahead or anything like that but even just as simple as simple as how they handled the infinity stones in episode one yeah yeah you know, because like it's after the battle of new york it's like we've seen it in avengers endgame loki when he disappears has a tesseract with them which we've obviously later on found out was the space stone and mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> that gets taken off him so when he is in the tva under guard and breaks out as of mm-hmm. course he was going to do 
Yeah. He goes for the Tesseract and gets it from the guy that took it and mm-hmm. looks in his drawer. And there's he just... He says, I've got you like a fish. And he's like, what's a fish? Like, what's a fish? <laughs> and I'm like, like, why do you not know what a fish is? And I'm like, I was like, well, I just want to know what I'm being threatened with. Pain <laughs> and death. Oh, okay, okay. It's like painful, <laughs> painful death. It's like... But he opens oh, the drawer man. up and there's like all these infinity stones. Multiple sets of infinity stones. Like, yeah, like the six stones, but like there's multiple copies. There's like six of the time stone. There's like yeah. one of the soul stone. There's like a few of the reality stone. And it's like, how have you got these here? And like, oh yeah, a bunch of people have them around here. We use them as paperweights. I, I was watching a, um, that a video moment on... for me was like okay it's like as a comic book fan I'll it's be a honest, completely different realm that I'll be completely honest that didn't totally blow my mind as a comic book fan because I'm like I knew they had to up the ante but I'm like for so many people who are invested in Marvel based on the movies and this is their introduction to these characters mm-hmm. that is their mind going to be blown at least that's what yeah. I honestly felt was because it's like you've literally taken the thing we've been searching for for 12 years and fighting over and mm-hmm. trying to get and basically going, yeah, that, yeah, that's not even close to the biggest thing going on. I read somebody. Somebody said that's. Um, it was a really cool metaphorical way to show that the Infinity Saga is kind of being put in a drawer and kind yeah, of yeah, that is like over set, set aside. We're setting this aside and we're moving on to something that's just way better and way bigger than the Infinity yeah. Saga. I was like, oh yeah, that's that's a really it's cool a really good way of doing it because I'm like, why would we still be hunting for these stones if these stones yeah. don't matter anymore? And I'm exactly, like, and that's exactly the perfect way they send that message. And one division, Falcon and Winter Soldier, were great ways of kind of pushing forward this. But I mm-hmm. felt Loki that was the opening step for Loki for me, especially that really said we are going to go forward and we are opening up. Like this is where Marvel is going next. Yeah, this is yeah. exactly what's taking place next and like forget the infinity stones forget the story of thanos forget all of that mm-hmm. we are done with that he's gone yeah. all right so we've kind of we've kind of started jumping into episode one so let's kind of let's kind of do that um yeah let's jump uh, in like a, sorry i know i jumped like halfway into episode no, one it's all good bro. that was kind of like the best example of like how it's changing <laughs> things was like yeah i see these things we spent 12 years following yeah they don't matter <laughs> All right, so the show kind of follows the same um, formula as WandaVision and um, shoot Falcon and Winter Soldier. So it's six episodes, just like Falcon and Winter Soldier. Wanda WandaVision was nine episodes, but I think originally it was six or seven, and they added a couple. But it's six episodes, so it's basically a six-hour movie. And episode one jumps straight into the scene in Endgame where they are trying to get the Tesseract from the Battle of New York, and Tony Stark dresses up as, you know, a SWAT officer or whatever. And he gets hit by the door when Hulk's coming out, drops the Tesseract. Loki picks it up. The show picks up immediately from right there. Um, Loki's transported to, like, a Mongolian desert. And he's like, where the heck am I? And these agents, who we later find out are TVA agents, pop out of this, like, like light doorway and basically take him to this place that's called the TVA, the Time Variance Authority, which is basically like a a court. Um, it's an entire like city, but it's a court. Uh, and they take him to see the the um, the judge, Judge Ravana Renslayer. And um, we'll we'll cover the cast as we get into the episodes. Um, but Renslayer, I will say, I was she was probably my least favorite character in the series. I don't feel like they. I mean. They obviously had some um, character development with her and stuff like that, but I, I felt like she, I don't know, 
she didn't really bring a lot to the series in my in my opinion i don't know what do you, what did you think for Renslayer, i think the interesting thing was like from the get-go when i heard the name and like looking up her comic book counterpart like mm-hmm. see when you know who her comic book counterpart is you realize why there's not a lot of development for her in this show because she's going to be part yeah. of the bigger stuff to come yeah and um, because ravona Renslayer, which uh possible spoilers for the mcu coming up but it's been in the comics for decades so i'm talking about comic lore uh. <laughs> um she's a love interest for kang the conqueror mm-hmm. so with him heavily pushing kang the conqueror who has been officially cast as appearing in ant-man and the wasp quantumania um she i think is going to be a big factor going forward yeah um as kang is likely going to be the one of the next big bads if not the next big bad um, so I think they're setting up stuff for that and a little bit of her story, like we even see it at the end, a little bit of her story, we'll get to it in the final episode of mm-hmm. um, you know, it's like she is like dedicated to this sort of thing and I think that's what's going to start leading her path as a, one of the villains going forward. Yeah. Um. Alright, so sorry, just to pop into chat real quick. Um, Lizzie said uh, WandaVision was the show that got me the most. It, it got real emotion out of me, so I connected a lot more, and it's got to be my favorite show still. Yeah, I think that's why I connected to it so much. Says hoping that Hawkeye series takes the crown, though. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. And then we got Miss Marvel too. So, and what if? Yeah, we still got a um, lot of shows coming this year. Yeah, we ain't done yet. All right. So just to jump back into uh, episode one, so they take they basically take Loki, who's in a ju- jumpsuit now, a TVA jumpsuit now. Um, they basically take him to uh, Renslayer, the Judge, for crimes against the Sacred Timeline. Um, they and uh, he's basically blaming it on the Avengers or whatever. And then she assigns basically Mobius, who's Owen Wilson's character, to kind of review his his uh, his past indiscretions. We'll 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 say, and just to kind of explain to him what's going on. Um, and basically what the TVA oh, is... Before we jump uh, into that, can I just sure. uh, mention as well, like when he first goes into yeah. the jumpsuit and he's going into like the big queue thing where he has to go through, like he's getting checked in before his thing, yeah. we get like our first introduction of what the show's really going to eventually touch on mm-hmm. uh, with the introduction of Miss Minutes. Yes. Oh, uh, yes. Played yes. by the legendary Tara Strong, phenomenal voice actress, absolutely wonderful. But she gives kind of the overarching history of the TVA for the variants and what a variant is is what our Loki is as someone who's verged off of what they call the sacred timeline, the singular timeline, mm-hmm. um, which Loki ends up mentioning when he talks about the Avengers. Like, well, I took that because the Avengers were messing about in time, and we find mm-hmm. out no, the Avengers were meant to do that. Yeah, they, that's part of their story and their journey. That wasn't part of yours. And when you verge off the sacred timeline, you create a branch, and that's part of what they did. That's what they did when they captured Loki at the start. Was they pruned that branch? They captured him prune mm-hmm. that branch off so it goes back to one timeline yeah and we get the history that apparently there was a multiverse in marvel mm-hmm. the first hint at it like there isn't now but there was a multiverse. there was a war a multiversal war there was a multiversal war and the timekeepers these three uh like and that's why the tva was established head of tva come in and managed to end the war and put it into one timeline and created mm-hmm. the tva to basically keep order they created yep. everyone that's in the TVA to keep order and keep the sacred timeline. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to make sure we mentioned that because like that coming yeah, out thanks, in episode yeah. one is very much like a a hint of what's to come. They even like there's heavily hint at they even said like there was all these multiverses and it was sheer madness. 
mm-hmm. obviously alluded to <laughs> the multiverse of madness the next Doctor it was like Strange multiverses movie. of madness <laughs> yeah it's like okay apparently doctor strange is going to be a factor at some point you know like yeah it's like we're clearly heading towards his domain of the multiverse stuff that's getting set up okay we get it yeah tiny tiny bit heavy-handed marvel but okay <laughs> um just a little bit um but yeah please continue to this yeah 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 okay. no thanks thanks for doing that thanks for uh, adding that stuff um so yeah so we spend most of the episode basically with with owen wilson's character mobius and loki sitting across from each other basically watching a film of the loki that we know the loki that's gone through infinity war or, or in game the loki that's gone through thor ragnarok the thor it's gone through that awful second thor movie you know showing all the events that has happened in his life like the death of his mom um him getting killed by thanos and all that stuff and you can see, like, especially when he sees his mom getting killed, mm. at, you know, because of actions that he did, it, it, you can see it's, like, emotionally impacting him. Yeah. Um, but basically, go, going back to what Cross was saying earlier, so he basically try, he's trying to escape. He tries to escape multiple times. Mobius has this device that basically reverses time for him and makes him go back to his seat. Yeah, like the collars that-, that they put on them, like they compress a button <laughs> and rewind them back yeah. to the previous position and i'm like yeah you see that like multiple times throughout the show is like one of the most used <laughs> things in the show it's there's a there's a couple funny gags with it especially in the first episode yeah. it's 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 really funny um so he tries to escape that's where he comes across that dude at the desk um hunter something i forgot his name um anyways he, he he's a he's in a couple episodes of the show and he he has the whole the infinity stone thing and then, um, so he's obviously captured again by, by the TVA and Mobius. Mobius sits him down and says, you know, basically, dude, what are you doing? You're not going to be able to escape. And then he basically enlists Loki um, to help stop another variant of Loki who has yeah. been killing TVA agents and stealing. They, they, so that when they go into a timeline, a branch timeline, and they prune that timeline... They had this thing. It's like a it's like a timeline resetting bomb. Yeah, so they like set it on the ground. That they put down. Yeah. They pull, literally pull the pin on it, and it goes off. Yeah, and... and it basically dissolves the entire timeline. We don't know what happens to the timeline, and they don't tell us at the time. But it basically dissolves, and we think it basically wipes it out of existence. Yeah. So this this variant has been going from timeline to timeline, killing TVA agents and stealing these these bombs. Yeah. So basically. That, that's where the episode ends. I mean, it yeah. sets up the and whole CDA. And that's our first big kind of, like, thing yeah. that we didn't know was coming, was, like, the whole reason he's enlisted. Because we kind of had the hint in the show that he was going to be helping the TVA hunt people down and stop stuff. Mm. But yeah. it was our first big twist of, like, yeah, by the way, the person you're help, going to help us hunt is you. It's yeah. a variant of you, another variant that is ripping us apart. Yeah. Because you even get a scene earlier on in the show, like, where you see, like, uh, Mo- Mobius talking to, like, a kid and, like, I think it's like the 1600s mm-hmm. and like talking about who like took out the people who came here and gave the kid bubble gum and stuff like that and they point to a picture of a stained glass devil hitting mm-hmm. it this person the evil and then we get the reveal of like hey it's Loki and it's like mm-hmm. okay so we're setting up for Loki versus Loki I'm like that's going to be interesting yeah yeah and they don't show like Loki is shrouded the variant Loki is shrouded you don't know who it is or what it is or what um, but it's it's shrouded um, but those of you who have watched the bet behind the scenes, some of the behind the scenes like photo shoots and stuff like that, you know who it is, which we'll get to in a minute. But yeah, so jumping into the second episode picks up right where the other one left off. 
Um, so they go to a, one of the sites where the one of the attacks is going to happen, um, or they think is going to happen, and it's in 2050. Um, oh no no no! It's in 2080. It's 1985. That's right. That's right. Um, and it's basically at this. It's like a Celtic fair, right? Yeah, it's like a Renaissance fair-esque-looking place, and um, yeah, like so, an attack is taking place. Like we start off there, and we see a team getting attacked. So our first big step out is Mobius and his crew, now including Loki, heading out there to investigate. Which I love as well. Like he's dressed up in TVA gear and then puts on the jacket that that has a big yeah. orange letters on the back of it. Variant. Yeah, variant. Yeah, just in case. <laughs> in case you weren't um, aware. And we still get hints of, like, Loki, like, trying his own little scheme as well, because he does this whole thing where he tries to read the room, and, like, this is a setup and all this, and... And, yeah, and just a side note, one of the things that I really like about the show, especially at the beginning, there's still a foreboding sense of, like, it, you cannot trust Loki, that you just oh, can't. yeah, 100%. But is like... that, that being said, though, they still allow you to emotionally connect with the character. They, they like, bring you into his, like, vulnerability emotionally. But that's what and, I love. In a really cool way. And I love as well, like the fact that Mobius is the perfect character to run alongside him because Mobius is very—he's not much taking like, any of his BS. <laughs> yeah, he's literally. I'm not taking any of your crap. It's like he doesn't trust him at every length of it. I think it's even yeah. during this episode he says to him at one point, "Is like, you know, like bringing him along." He's like that. It's like you know what? It's like I really hoped that you were going to help take them out because I really hope that you wouldn't be able to stand that this Loki is actually better than you, and yeah. you would want to prove them wrong. Because I yeah. think he even says it in the previous episode, is like that idea with dangerous variants, and he goes like me, and he's went, oh no, <laughs> no, not like you. <laughs> not it's like you're you're not a dangerous variant, and like it basically just kind of like beats him down. This ego that Loki has, like he's like he does not have time for it, and he says like you can believe one or two things, either like I'm here to officially kind of like I'm actually trying to help you, I'm actually trusting in you, or I just don't care and want you. I see a scared little boy and just want to you know push the buttons like whatever you want to believe out of that i don't care yeah just do the job yeah it's like you can believe whatever you want and and loki basically when they go to that fair starts talking about the fact of like that is a trap and all this sort of stuff we need to warn the you know the timekeepers and very like heavy he's very heavily handed and like you kind of see how heavy handed early loki was even if you go back and watch the movies you kind of see it yeah. Of like he's not as subtle as he likes to think he is. <laughs> about the fact he wants to overthrow the timekeepers and I'm like, and Mobius knows us before he even goes out in the field with him. Like, I know exactly what you're trying to do. Yeah. I know what you're wanting to get and I'm like it's it's not like we're not aware of this. Mm -hmm. Um so he then ends up they end up going to the library and basically he gives them like files to look through and all the different cases and stuff and like look through these, see if there's something that we've missed. Yeah. You're a low key. Is there something that you're going to pick up here that we never picked up? Exactly. Is there yeah, something yeah. that you can see in here? And he goes and and he tries to get other files. Like he says, all the stuff pertaining to the beginning of time. So classified. All the stuff <laughs> pertaining to the end of time. Classified. All the stuff pertaining to the TVA. Classified. What can I have? Like, own file. <laughs> he gets, literally gets handed to his own file, like Loki Lofison. Um But that's when he actually gets his idea. And this is a brilliant twist yeah. in it as well. Um, he ends up running to Mobius with this idea of like, why can't you find this variant? Because when they do something that verif that goes off the beaten path, that goes off the sacred timeline, it creates a branch you would know they're there. Yeah. So they're hiding because when he's looking through his file, he sees Ragnarok taking place, which obviously the Loki that we followed so far has already gone through Ragnarok. 
this Loki hasn't and wasn't really aware that Ragnarok takes place. Um, but he comes up with the idea that the variant is hiding in apocalypses, jumping between them, because it doesn't matter what you do in an apocalypse because it doesn't change the timeline because they're all going to die. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if, that, if the apocalypse happens, like the one they end up going to to test the theory is like Pompeii. And it's like it doesn't Which ma- is a hilarious scene. Yeah, like it doesn't matter what you do in Pompeii because at the end of the day it's still volcano day. The volcano still goes off. The volcano yeah. still erupts and kills everybody. Mm-hmm. So yep. nothing branches off. Nothing takes it from this timeline because anyone who learns anything they're not meant to dies in a few seconds. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so they go to Pompeii. Like he's like, we need to test it. Although there's a hysterical scene of him destroying Owen Wilson's salad to prove his point, <laughs> but like unlimited salt and pepper in it, and pulling yeah, it. And at first, it's like he talks about like oh, we need to go and test. It's like you know, it's like, and he mentions Ragnarok because it's the one he looked at. And so you do get the little thing from um, Mobius of is he just trying to play me mm-hmm. because he wanted to go to Ragnarok? But they go to Pompeii. Loki yells at everybody about the fact that from the future sets free some goats and stuff, and <laughs> he says you're all gonna die. Yells that <laughs> everyone's like gonna that. die in this, and then of course the volcano starts going off, and there is no timeline. Yeah. So they basically start looking at timelines. I'm trying to remember how did they find the apocalypse, at the variants in. I completely blanked on it. Say that again. Like, how do they find the? the apocalypse at the variants hiding in again like the one that's the tornado so i don't know i don't remember how they found it but they they deduced I, that they were hiding it they were hiding at that it was like in 2050 in alabama in that like yeah. department store yeah i'm completely blanking on how they found it that's the specific apocalypse that they're in but that's the one they go to um, yeah and so they take the team there and it's basically like a is it like a big store i don't know what store mm-hmm. it's meant to be but it looks like a walmart like a walmart or a target yeah. something like that a big convenience yeah. store and there's like this massive like hurricane outside there's flood water coming right up to the store mm-hmm. and like and everyone in this timeline is is set to die to this yeah. um, hurricane but they start going through the store and start looking and we start to find out that this loki that they're hunting has a special ability that our loki doesn't Mm-hmm. Um, at least not yet um, and that's to charm yeah With just a touch so, yeah. they can implant themselves into their head and take over their body yep and um, basically so, possess them yep yeah so basically possess and basically do and we see them do that to one of the hunters i can't mind her designation under b51 i think okay and uh, not that one the other one the first one that she does it to oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. um the first one that it happens to, I can't remember, where she gets information and finds out like where the timekeepers are, um, and then when she's with uh, Hunter B fifteen, I think it is, is that's going about with Loki, and um, she's one of the main hunters we see as well in the show that's and stuff right. like that. Um, they find a guy randomly browsing plants <laughs> in the middle of a hurricane, and it ends up being it's the variant Loki that's possessed them and possesses B fifteen, and while talking to each other, jumps into a few different bodies. Mm-hmm. Loki's still pulling his crap of trying to say, hey, let's work together, let's take out the timekeeper. Yeah, because at this point, Loki is still trying to just get away from the TVA, basically. Yeah, and this variant has no interest whatsoever. They want to cause chaos and destruction and basically kill the timekeepers. Yeah. Um, but for their own means, they start fighting and stuff. He fights a couple of other people that they charm and possess. And then right at the end of the episode, we get the reveal of who the Loki is, which undoubtedly if you've seen stuff online you've seen who it is 
this Loki is not a male, it is a female Loki. And in fact, although it's a variant of Loki, the equivalent in the comics is actually Sylvie, the Enchantress, mm -hmm. um, and as Guardian from the comics. But in the MCU, it's a variant of Loki. Uh, we see her take off through one of the doors that the TDA create because she has a temp pad. Um, after basically setting off all the bombs that she'd taken from all these other teams, and we see little doors open underneath each of them. Mm -hmm. So they drop and prune random stuff each. So in the TVA, yeah. the screens literally go from one timeline to boom, mm -hmm. all these branching timelines. Yeah. Um, and Loki has a minute decision to whether to follow her or not. And even though Mobius is yelling him not to, he follows her through the doorway. Mm -hmm. And that's the end of episode two. Yeah. A lot happened in that episode. Yeah, so, there's, a, there's a lot. Like, I know we talked a lot of stuff in episode two, but like a lot of big stuff came up in that one, and it's only going to get more from here, to be honest. Yeah, and to Cameron's point in the chat, he said, stealing the bombs, or, it's one of the saddest things. There was no real payoff. Yeah, I mean, they, they addressed it a little bit in, in episode three. Um, it, was, but yeah, there's... it was more for a distraction. It yeah. was more allowing her to get in, because she found out off of that first hunter where the tank keepers were. So it was more a case of like distracting the whole TVA so she could get to them. Uh. So, uh, all right. The best compliment I give a show is as it progressed, it finally moved away from the tepid Josh Whedon's esque humor that Marvel has instilled so hard in everything. Whether this was part of Wilson's always meaningful, but deadpan delivery, I don't know. But I was gladly accepting it. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna agree with you, logical. I'm not a gigantic fan of. Um, a lot of the, I think, over-the-top humor. Like, for I know a lot of people loved Ragnarok, but I think for me, I think it was a little too much in the humor department. But I think with Loki, I feel like Miss Minutes is a lot of the comic relief. And how, how they pawn that out off on a fictional character, like a CGI character, that is basically just meant to be there for exposition, I feel like it was a really smart move. And I feel like Owen Wilson, you know, he's normally like a really goofy, over the top, you know, persona, is definitely toned down in the show. I feel like and it was they a don't very play... different humor like that. Yeah. Like it was a very yeah. kind of witty and sort of dry almost humor compared to like the very on the nose stuff that you would have gotten from Whedon, which, yeah, Marvel has at times kind of gone that direction mm -hmm. with it and has become very humorous. But I felt like it, it still had that humor. It was just a very different type of humor. Yeah, I, I don't feel like they played a lot of characters for laughs, which I think Marvel mm. kind of does sometimes. Uh, maybe a few towards the end of the series, but I think it was done, and I, I thought that was a good idea. But I, yeah, I, I feel like they approached the humor really well on the show. Um, all right, so jumping into uh, jumping into episode three. So basically, Sylvie and Loki followed her through that Timpad opening. They basically go back to the TVA. Um, Sylvie's main goal is obviously I need to destroy the timekeepers because the, the what her whole thing is this morally isn't right. Like you're pruning people, you're basically destroying people because they're not following what you want them to do. And so she wants to do away with the timekeepers. She wants to kind of destroy the TVA. Uh, that's her main mission. But when they get to the TVA, they're kind of attacked by Renslayer and her guards, and they teleport out of the TVA to this off-world planet in, like, another universe in the year 2077, um, which is... The, and the planet is getting ready to be destroyed, so it's another apocalyptic event, a nexus event, if, if you want to put it that way. Um, 
so <laughs> when they get there, their tempera- their pin- temp pad runs out of power, basically. Yeah. So they basically spend the whole episode trying to figure out a way to get off planet. Um, one of the things that start to develop in this episode is a bond between Sylvie and Loki. And I think it culminates, obviously, at the end of the season. But it's a, it's a really cool emotional arc that, that starts with Sylvie and Loki and kind of continues through the show. I didn't know what you thought about that. Yeah, it's a really interesting. That's the thing. Not a lot in itself happens in this, like in terms mm-hmm. of stuff. Yeah, but, I think this is the slowest episode in my opinion. But at, at the same time, this allows all the character development. This allows all the stuff between, like, we get a lot of backstory for Loki, a lot of backstory for Sylvie, and this is the episode especially for Loki, where Loki has always been a character that had his guard up. And we get to see some great stuff in episode one when he realizes like he can't escape with the Tesseract, and by the end of the episode, he's he basically starts to admit that he's like a weak character and why he does what mm-hmm. he does is because he is weak and scared and is trying to intimidate yeah. people yeah. and trying to gain power so he is no longer weak. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is the beginning of the development and this really picks up on that development in this episode of the fact that he doesn't have anyone close to him. He doesn't keep anybody close to him. You mm-hmm. know, it's like he's, he's very much... Um, changing who he is as a person yeah um and not just being uh watson just fyi i don't know if you can add commands like that or something i think i need to put in um just fyi i see you're trying to add a spoiler command or spoiler warnings and stuff around here anyway did so um but yeah so it's like it's really interesting hearing his story and we get a little bit of sylvie's story as well and her and one thing that oh when you good no, sorry, man. Uh, one thing that I really appreciate, like, I feel like a lot of movies and a lot of shows, like, shy away from really intense emotional revelations with male characters. Um, or male characters expressing an emotional, like, a, a very emotional and very introspective viewpoint of themselves. I feel like a lot of, because a, a lot of movies play into the stereotypical, like, you know, male, like, I'm not going to talk about my feelings. I need to be, you know... I, I could take care of myself, that type of like bravado type facade that we men feel like we need to portray a lot. And I really appreciate that not only did they allow Loki to kind of kind of talk through that and what he was going through mentally and his mental space and all that stuff, but they didn't do that at the expense of making him look dumb. You know, because I think a lot of times, you know, in order to like either sideline or... Um, what am I trying to say? In order to sign light a male, a male character, they need. I, f- I feel like a lot of shows or movies need to kind of not not humiliate them per se, but kind of put them down in a specific way. And I feel like this show did a really good job of, hey, this is me. I'm emotionally vulnerable right now, but I'm still me. You know, I'm still a human. And it was. It was. I thought it was really cool, man. Yeah, they really portrayed him well, and really hearing his story, and you know, even just him getting to talk about his mother and how he felt about that, and. You know, and we got to see a little bit as well when he saw later on in his life in episode one, like, you know, actually connecting with his father and hearing that, you know, Odin saying that he loved him and stuff. Yeah. And that him and Thor would connect and stuff like that. And that he was really going through some growth and changes. Like, Sylvie asks him if there's, uh, you know, someone who's like a prince or a princess. And he's like, no, not really. <laughs> there's yeah. never really been anyone that that close sort of thing and yeah. really delving into that stuff of like the Loki has really kept everyone at arm's length 
Which, and speaking of that particular moment, so that that moment was in this episode, and, and that moment blew up the internet. That's what. That yeah, that moment. Did. That moment blew up the internet, and I know everybody has their opinions and stuff like that. So basically, Loki was officially revealed as bisexual in this in this show. So that is now canon. That was part of the episode. One thing that I will say is, I feel like they didn't make they didn't make that aspect of his character the thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That wasn't the thing that defined him. That just happened to be an aspect of his life. And the way that it was mentioned, it wasn't, for him, it wasn't even that big of a deal. It, it just yeah. is. It is. Which, I, lo- I love the portrayal of that. I love the fact that it wasn't made. Because that's, that's what they tend to do when they bring out a character who's gay or bisexual for mm-hmm. a long time. It became yeah. like, that was the driving force of who they were. Yep. It's like, that. It's like you're a gay person, so that is, that is your character. Mm-hmm. Your character is gay. Yeah. And it's like... No, like that's that's just part of their personality, and especially yeah. for someone like Loki, like I'm glad they played it off like it wasn't a big deal. Because if you know anything of Norse mythology, if you know anything of Loki, like out with a Marvel and with the story you know, of his yeah. life is, I, I, bisexual's not enough to cover it. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, his children are all animals. Let me put it that way. We've seen one of his children in Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> Fenrir the wolf is one of Loki's children. You know, this is, you know, the guy who turned himself into a female horse and became pregnant and gave birth to a horse. You know, it's like, I don't think his sexuality is based upon being, you know, a straight man. That's, yeah. I don't think that's ever been something for Loki. Um, so it was a nice little tip of the hat for them to include that, but to do it the way they did and just make it a part of normal conversation of Loki and Sylvie legitimately both opening up to each other. Um, yeah, I thought it was really cool. <laughs> I think I just blew Watson's mind in that one. He's <laughs> like, "Wait, did what?" <laughs> um, all right. So just to kind of continue um, for episode three, so they basically there's this huge hyperloop train that's running through that's running through this planet, and it's basically transporting these uh, the people on the planet to an arc so they can escape the planet because another planet is about to basically it's it's running into that one so it's going to basically destroy everything yeah it's like a moon that's like shattered think like uh, what is it like majora's mask you know it's like the moon's coming down and it's about to destroy everything um, and there's this one ship about to leave and try and save as many people as it can, but obviously yeah. it's not going to because it's an apocalypse. That's why the tent pad had it in there. Yeah. So, I mean, not to oversimplify the rest of the episode, but it's basically them trying to get to that arc. Um, there, there's all sorts of hijinks on the train. They <laughs> uh, Loki dresses up as one of the train guards and gets onto the train, and then he ends up getting drunk. <laughs> and they're getting drunk and singing an Asgardian song. <laughs> Um, Which I love the fact. I love the fact that Sylvie falls asleep and wakes up to him just singing away at the bar, and I'm like, "Oh my goodness, what is happening?" (laughs) (laughs) Loki karaoke. Whoa, that rhymed. Yes, Loki karaoke. Um, Anyway, so they get to the they get to the city where the arc is. Um, Meteors start coming down. There's just a whole bunch of chaos. I will. I would like to point out that I feel like the color palette used in this specific episode for that planet was awesome it's a very like guardians of the galaxy ish it's like a pure purple blues and all that stuff it was really really cool man it's like blade runner almost yeah it was actually um, very blade runner-esque yeah so so they basically try to get to the right when they get to the arc um it basically a meteor hits it and it explodes it so they up. are literally they, looking right at it it's like it's <laughs> so, gone at the end of the episode, they are just screwed. They are stuck 
on that planet because their temp pad has died. They can't get off the planet because the arc is destroyed. So they are screwed. And that's kind of where the that's kind of where that that episode ends. Yeah, that one leaves it off there of like they're stuck in this planet. They're probably going to get off the planet because of the main characters, yeah. but like we don't know what's going to go happen here. Because yeah. the whole thing was basically you know it was trying to get out of there was like the only way off here if the temp pad can't charge if we can't charge it on there is to get on the ship so that was our two options and they're basically screwed either way now yeah now i don't honestly remember episode four that much do you remember what happened in episode episode four is the one that doesn't focus a lot on loki and sylvie episode four is what i would entitle personally the awakening episode when a lot of the truth starts to come out because this is when they once that's destroyed, the way they get out of there essentially is that the TVA finds them um, and open up doors and they manage to get off the planet like right before well, they, it blows up. And that's right. I think they find them. They find them because they, they, they have formed an emotional bond on yes, that planet, sorry. which, yes, which, absolutely. which created, which I totally forgot about that, but it, that started to create an alternate branch timeline and that's how they found them. Sorry. Right. I didn't mean to jump in. That, no, I no, no. Remember. Thank you for reminding me of that. Yeah. And it's like, and it basically creates a nexus event is what they name it as because it's a loki falling in love with the loki <laughs> yeah and basically later on like uh mobius tells him like this is something that could shatter the tva yeah like, two variants that shouldn't exist of the same person falling in love and kissing like that's yeah like that's enough to shatter what's going on here um so that's how they find where they are it creates a big enough branch even in the middle of an apocalypse they get them out of there and then take them obviously separate interrogation rooms um Sylvie is put into basically an interrogation room. Loki is put into a looping prison, which sees special guest appearance, by the way, by the lovely Jamie Alexander, <laughs> known, for, known for playing Lady Sif in the first couple of Thor movies and is going to be returning for uh, Thor Love and Thunder, the fourth movie. So I'm glad they're bringing her back for that, by the way, just yeah. FYI, because we never got to see her in Ragnarok, so I'm glad she's getting the chance to come back for this one. Uh, but basically a loop of the time that Loki apparently had cut her hair off and came and found him in the courtyards in Asgard and beat the crap out of him. Yeah, <laughs> just beat the brakes off him. <laughs> and then as she walks out the other end, she loops back in at the start of that scene, and that is literally what happens to him for this entire episode. Just so, I think she kicks him in the groin. <laughs> yeah, she like kicks him in the right? groin, hooks him in the face... He keeps trying to get out of it and trying to say different stuff, and he just keeps getting beat on. Sylvie is playing the hard card. She's not saying anything to anybody, talking to anybody. But before Loki gets put in his prison, he does tell Mobius. Uh, something they found out in the previous episode was how Sylvie found where the timekeepers were, was to raid the memory of that hunter, but also put her in this... We see them in this cafe scene, sitting, talking as she asks her questions. Yeah. And she says, well, I don't create memories. I pull their own memories. And Loki is like, wait, what? They don't have memories, though. I was told they were created by the timekeeper. She's like, no, this woman had a life. And we find out yeah. that every single person that works at the TVA is a variant. Yeah. And they're yeah. basically were lied to the entire time. Basically had their minds wiped, lied to, and thrown into service for the TVA. And, of course, like Loki tells Mobius about this. Um... So that starts from Mobius on his path. He goes to Renslayer about it to talk to her, who of course doesn't, you know, he kind of he doesn't ask it outright, but he subtly asks questions about the hunter because he keeps getting 
pushed to the side when he's asking what happened with the hunter after being told she died like how did she die she was fine when she came back yeah um, and he ends up trading out his temp pad for hers when she's not looking mm-hmm. um, so he can get access to her stuff and sees the interrogation and what the hunter's saying before um, she's killed and proof that Renslayer was the one interrogating her and knows that there's more going on um, along with this, uh, B-15, the uh, hunter, that was basically, you know, charmed by Sylvie as well, has had her mind kind of opened up. And she ends up basically going in to see Sylvie and pushing through the other guards and talks to her, takes her to basically where they were in the apocalypse outside that convenience store, but talks to her mm-hmm. and says, and is basically, what did you do to me? Mm-hmm. I just showed you your memories and and she's blown away. She's like, I looked happy. Yeah. And like, she's completely yeah. like, I, this is wrong now. We're being mistreated here. Like this, we had lives. Mm-hmm. We had stuff before the TVA. So like some of this, you know, some of the stuff starting to unravel in the TVA. Uh, when Mobius gets his like revelation, he goes and saves Loki. Jumps in there and saves him and basically tells him like he's right and even gives him like an encouraging word and basically of how much he's changed and how much he appreciates him and stuff that Loki has not really heard throughout most of his life really mm-hmm. um, and as they come out of that time loop prison Renslayer's waiting there with a bunch of guards yeah and we see freaking heartbreaking scene yeah did not she... think they were going to do that at this point and it was like is because earlier on she asked like where would you go if you could and it's like oh I'm quite happy with my life here and he says to her because he tries at first to go like that, oh yeah, I picked up your temp pad by accident. I mean, he realized that isn't flying. He goes, do you know where I would go? To wherever and whoever I was before I was here. Yeah. So maybe I had a jet ski. Which has been <laughs> yeah. his whole thing is like he's got magazines of jet skis and is obsessed with getting a jet Can ski. Can I say I love all the memes of him riding on a jet ski that I'm seeing now? <laughs> yeah, all the memes of him and jet skis are amazing. He needs to get a jet ski in season yes. two. It just has to happen. But basically he's like, I need to it's like maybe I had a jet ski and as he's kind of saying this you see the guards lighting up their staffs and Renslayer says prune him and they hit him with the stick and he is pruned out of existence yeah and it doesn't like the process of pruning for those of you who haven't seen the show you're basically hit with a looks like a cattle prod with a light on the end and you basically dissolve yeah Yeah, you you just just dissolve (laughs) yeah and it does not look like it's painless you know so Hey, thank you, Zombie Apostle. Appreciate you coming in for that. It says, God bless you guys. Good luck with the stream. Thank you thank so you. much. Appreciate it. Dollar shout out for Zombie. But yeah, so like he has taken and with that connection that you've seen with Loki and Mobius just mm-hmm. prior to that, like you you just top props to Tom Hiddleston for his acting in that scene Dude. because Dude. Loki looks broken. He is like my yeah. only friend that I have ever truly had. The truth that I've really opened up myself to <laughs> has just been pruned out of existence, and he carries that weight. And it is, oh, I mean, for what we know beautiful. at the time in the show, you think he's dead. Yeah, like, like at that point, I was like, wow, did they really kill off Owen they just Wilson? Killed him off. Episode four of six. Yeah, like, there's two episodes to go. Did they really just kill off Owen Wilson? Like, really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, <clears throat> But then, of course, like he gets taken, and him and Sylvia are getting taken before the timekeepers. Mm-hmm. Um, they get taken into the secret elevator, taken down to this special place, 
And as they go in, we see the great timekeepers like sitting on like floating throne things. They look pretty freaky. They look like yeah. they look <clears throat> like they are derived from King the Conqueror in the comics. Like the the way that they're dressed. Yeah, the style of that. One yeah. of them. One of them looks exactly like it. That's what's brought a lot of the stuff going. At. Kang is Kang. It's Kang. It's behind it all because this yeah. one dude looks exactly like Kang's outfit, like almost identical to it. And it's yeah. Like, but they basically are down there and they get taken before them and are being accused of their crimes and stuff. And they're basically about to get pruned, which I found very interesting that these ones were brought down before the timekeepers. Oh, no problem at all, zombie. He says I stick around for the stream, but I don't want to hear spoilers. Absolutely. Oh, no worries. I, no I, worries. I totally get it. If you don't want to hear spoilers, absolutely. But I hope you have a great day, zombie. Thank you so much for popping in. Well, you could. You have a blessed one. Um. But yeah, so like we we then get taken down there and of course you know, it's like Loki is Loki and it's completely like, I don't give a <laughs> what yeah. you guys are doing. It's like, yeah. I don't care. It's like, if you're going to kill us, just kill us. <laughs> and right as it looks like that's about to happen next, the elevator opens in comes B-15. Yep. Releases them from their collars that are stopping mm -hmm. them from using their powers. And we see Loki and Sylvie go all out, and these two they are just awesome. wreck shot. They, they wreck shot all these Minutemen. They wipe them out, and they proceed to basically behead all three of yeah, the Loki, timekeepers. Yeah, Sylvie just throws <laughs> something at one of the timekeepers and takes the head clean off. Yeah, and then we're revealed that they are actually robots. Yeah, they're they not real. Not they're just androids. There's someone controlling the timekeeper puppets. Yeah. And then, of course, and there's a really creepy shot of the timekeeper's head on the floor, and he's laughing. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's very bizarre scene at times. But we see Loki and Sylvie having a heart to heart, and he's finally kind of came to terms that he f has feelings for her, and starts kind of setting up to tell her how he feels and saying like he'd, he's never really felt like this before. And just as he's about to basically say that he loves her, he gets pruned. Yeah, and we don't see it from the back. We see his we see chest just start to dissolve at the front, and then and he looks terrified, man. It's and when awful. he disappears, Renslayer's just standing there with the uh, with the prod out, and it is like it did not see that coming. Like that's kind of blown my mind. And that's the end of the episode. That's how it ends. <laughs> yeah, like you see uh, Sylvie take her down and go like, and her saying, "Just go ahead and prune me." And it's like, no, you're going to tell me everything I need to know. Boom, credits. Like, yeah. And then there, there is an after credit scene there there, is or a, a mid credit scene. There is a phenomenal <laughs> mid credit scene, which... in in a in a stunning callback to the end of the Avengers when the Avengers are hovering over Loki. There's this scene where Loki wakes up in this dystopian wasteland, just gray fog everywhere, just rubble, just random things just laying around, and you see him like laying down like he was at the end of Avengers. And then the shot where he looks up, he sees four Lokis looking at him. Uh, there's a Loki with a hammer. There's old classical Loki. There's kid Loki. And then there's an alligator Loki. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, holy crap, what am I in for in the next episode? So, yeah, the, you got these four Lokis setting up for what's the next shout out, by the way, Richard E. Grant is classical Oh, Loki. my lord. Who He's is, my favorite part of probably this who, show. We're, we're going to get into this in the next episode, but he is phenomenal. Oh my god! I love Richard E. Grant. He's an amazing actor, completely underrated. And um, but he is amazing. And that costume is like that's the same as like 
warned in Vision, like Halloween episode. Yes. Where you I love the that they're putting the actual the, the actual classic com- uh, costumes in the yeah, shows, right. however they can. Yeah, so getting that classic looking Loki was amazing. You've got Kid Loki, which is a great hint to throw to the Kid Loki era in the comics. Mm. Alligator Loki, because why not? Why not? Um, <laughs> and then I love the fact that the other one that's got basically a version of Mjolnir is basically just being referred to as Black Loki. Because it's a yeah. big buff black dude with a hammer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's about as far opposite end of the scale from Tom Hiddleston Loki looks wise as you can get. Yeah. Like Tom Hiddleston's a good looking guy and in good shape, but like this dude is like big buff black Thor hammer wielding Loki and like, everything wow. that Tom Hiddleston is not. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. All right. So I guess so jumping into Boastful episode- Loki's the official name, apparently. Boastful Loki. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's not the name that the internet picked up. No. <laughs> yeah, I'd um, say in my favourite Richard E. Grant movie is Little Vampire. Yeah, anything with I've Richard E. Grant in it is amazing. Shout out, by the way, to Richard E. Grant, the man who was originally going to be one of the versions of the Doctor in Doctor Who, and that did not end huh. up happening. Um, because the show ended up getting rebooted with a different cast and stuff many years later, so... All right, so jumping into episode five, this is probably my favorite episode. This is when everything just went out. Yeah, they went. This is when everything just all out on this. (laughs) Yeah, so this is probably my favorite episode, and I think most of it has to do with Richard E. Grant because he's just magnificent. It's amazing. Um, So basically, uh, the 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 episode starts off with Sylvie talking to Renslayer in the immediate aftermath of Loki getting pruned. and she's basically like, where did you send him? I need to know where you send him. And she basically said he's been sent to the void, which is basically the end of time. Nothing returns from there. That's where we send everything that we prune. Um, so Sylvie comes to terms with the fact that whoever is behind the TVA, who is behind the timekeepers, is either at the void or beyond the void. So that's where I need to go. Um, so... There's this really cool scene with Miss Minutes and Renslayer and Sylvie where Miss Minute is is stalling for Renslayer in order to get Sylvie captured so they can capture again. And then Sylvie ends up pruning herself so she can take herself to the void. But when she does that, she takes the tent pad from Renslayer or one of the tent pads um, from the TVA with her to the void. Yeah. Um... So, meanwhile, we, we, we cut back to the void, which is where this place called. And can I say, the music on this show was phenomenal. Oh, Especially yeah. the music for the void. You know, the bum, 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 bum. Dude, it was so awesome. Um, so, so, obviously, it picks up from the mid-credit scene of the last episode. And there's a, a ton of exposition between classical Loki, boastful Loki, alligator Loki, and kid Loki. Where kid Loki basically runs the joint. Runs all the Lokis. He's the, he's the king. Um, and there is this creature called Eliath, which you, I don't know. You want to riff on Eliath a little bit? I don't know a ton about Kang or Eliath or He Who Remains um, from the comics. So, did you want to give a little backstory on that? Yeah, I, I'm not big on a minute of Eliath. I've got a bit more on like okay. the He Who Remains and Kang and all that sort of stuff that comes okay. up. But Eliath basically is what he is, and this is a big beast. It's basically a entity of the universe. Mm-hmm. that devours things and I don't know much about him from the comics but I think he's well used here Yeah, I don't think he there was never going to be a massive place to do something with a life in the, the MCU yeah. so I think yeah. placing him here in the, the void was a great idea and created think... a very interesting non-typical monster for them to deal with you know 
Yeah, think Galactus from the really awful Silver Surfer movies with a horse skull <clears throat> face in the clouds. That's, that's basically Eliath in this. But I think that they do it really well because that's basically what he is in the comics. Um, so basically, uh, so there's a, a ton of exposition. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, going back to Eliath, what that thread that I was on. So Eliath is basically uh, this cloud, this creature that lives on the void, and he consumes everything that comes out of the branch timelines, everything that's pruned that lands mm-hmm. there, he consumes it. That's what he feeds off of. He can feed on time itself. Um, so that's in the backdrop. That's on the backdrop of this episode. So you have the exposition between you know all the Lokis, all four Lokis, they are just walking in this barren wasteland, getting to this bunker where all the Lokis stay, and they pass a lot of like Easter egg stuff. One of them being the freaking Thanos copter from the old school comics. I almost lost my mind that that was a pruned timeline. It is timeline. legit, perfect from the comics. <laughs> it Nothing is like was a changed. pruned timeline. There was a Thanos copter. I almost lost my freaking mind when I seen that thing. I didn't oh. see that the first time I watched it, but I was watching other people react to it, and I was like, "Holy crap! How did I miss that?" But yes, yeah, sure enough, second time I watched it, it was right there. Yeah. They had um, that, they had, uh, what was it, like, Ronan the Accusers, like, shit from Guardians of the Galaxy was there. Mm-hmm. There was, like, the helmet of Yellow Jacket from the Ant-Man movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Was was it? Was Something else as well. Uh, Thor? Thor, Thor? What is oh, it? Oh, Throg. Yeah, Throg. Throg that's it. The Frog version is... of Thor, which apparently, yeah. for what little dialogue he had, apparently it was voiced by Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> I, I can't verify that or not but he's like stuck underground in a jar which you just know the Lokis put him in a jar and buried him yeah you know that's how he got uh, there you know it's like okay <laughs> the amount of like comic throwbacks to this that are basically like yeah these used to exist they're all print timelines is like nuts <laughs> So they they finally get to the bunker. Um, they they they're basically talking about where they came from. There's a lot of cool exposition from um, classical Loki about. So he's basically Tom Hiddleston's character, but it's like centuries in the future. So basically, for his character, what had happened was he basically deceived Thanos. So in Infinity War, when Thanos snaps Loki's neck, Richard Grant's character, classical Loki, deceived him and projected a, a fake image which that's his that's his shtick that's richard grant's loki's shtick classical loki we'll call him he can do sorcery and he can project images each loki has a special has a special power and what, what one cool thing that they do throughout the show is basically they basically say that all loki's have all these powers it's just it's just yeah, manifests itself in different ways. Yeah, classical Loki even says to them, like, the fact that you all carry daggers and stuff actually hinders your ability as magic users. Like, your magic would be a lot stronger without relying yeah. on that stuff. Yeah. So, classical Loki is a, a extremely powerful sorcerer. He can project uh, these things. So, he basically talks about, he talks about how he floated in space for a long time, and then he said, everywhere I went was pain. So, I, I, stayed by myself for a very 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 long time and then he well and then one uh, loki was like well how did the tva find you he's like i got lonely he's like i miss my brother i miss my dad i wanted to know if they still miss me so it's like even though it's not the loki that we know it's exposition for his character it's development for his character like he's not a heartless a heartless person you know um so basically loki gets to the point where he's like you know what i'm gonna kill Alive, you know, I need to get to, I need to get back to the TVA. I'm gonna kill Lyth, and that's what I'm gonna do. And there's this really funny part where uh, classical Logie just 
he pauses for a second and then he, he literally throws his leg in the air and laughs this hilarious oh laugh. yeah they all burst out laughing he's like i'm gonna take yeah. my life and i could use as much help as i can get and they'll just look a at long pause and then <laughs> <laughs> so he leaves the bunker and when he opens the hatch he sees president loki which is it's it's another version of tom hiddleston's loki but he's president he's basically a president of this the void and he's got all these really hilarious looking sidekicks that are all dressed in just random found armor oh yeah they're all variants um, they're all loki's oh are they i didn't know that yeah they're all know that. They're, everyone because that's the whole shtick of it is like that that everyone that gets um, pruned ends up there but yeah, all these hilarious. Loki variants are still around because that's what Loki is. Loki's a survivor. Oh, so, yeah, like, that's the right. the only right. one that has, like, survived is all these Lokis. And so you've got this President Loki leading all these other Lokis, and you find out that Boastful Loki um, is, like, turned on the others that he was yeah. with and actually was scooping yeah. them over to get control of certain land and was sold them out. It's this huge, huge fight between all the and Lokis. And all the Lokis that are with President Loki turn on him, and they all start fighting each other, and they all start getting a massive fight. And it's hilarious. And then, like, Tom no, Hiddleston's, like, the main Loki, along with Classic Loki, Kid Loki, Alligator Loki, all, like, try to get out of there while they're all well, killing each other. This is really hilarious part where president loki's giving this speech and he has his hands out and he's he's basically saying i'm gonna do what i want to do I'm, gonna, I'm getting ready to take over and then alligator loki jumps up and just bites oh, yeah, his right hand off. his hand off he just jumps up and, and he screams him. like a five-year-old girl that was one it of is, the funniest parts of this. it is so Dude, funny it it's done so like comedically over the top but it is so yeah. funny it kind of works because he bites it off and he, like he grabs him and throws him and then holds yeah. it up and it's like it's just a stump and he's like <sighs> it's like <laughs> It's so over the top, but it kind of works because the moment is just so bizarre and surreal because you like you realize them all fighting over this stuff is so stupid and petty. Yeah, yeah, they're all fighting over being king of the void, and it's like really because all of them know that they're not getting out. You know, they're not getting out of there. So we cut to outside of the bunker. Kid Loki, uh, classical Loki, and our Loki have escaped. Um, they're walking, and they're basically uh, Kid Loki and classical Loki are going to help loki defeat Eliath however they can or at least get him to Eliath so he can do it himself um and then we cut to another part of the void where sylvie has just landed um she as she's landing she connects to Eliath, and yeah. she realizes that she's, at some level she is able to enchant Eliath, which means that she can control that or him i don't know if it's a him it yeah, to because... some level because she has like the worst look ever and lands like directly in front of Eliath when she gets yeah. to the void, like absolutely in front of him. Yeah. <clears throat> so she, she so, has this revelation and then has to start running. There is and so we see um, she's running oh, from Eliath. On burdened with glorious purpose. Thank you so much, Erlock, for that follow. We greatly appreciate it. Welcome to the Comic Clan. Welcome. Thank you so much for coming in. We greatly appreciate you being here and hanging out with us. Thank you so this much. Um, so that's like 16 away from 500. It's just it's just a side note from everybody for everybody. Yeah, we're getting we're, closer, we're, dude. We're getting closer, we're man. Getting... But thank you so much for helping us on the road to that goal. We appreciate it. Yes. All right. So um, just cutting back to Sylvie. Um, she's running from Eliath. She sees a car in the distance, and we fast realize that it's Mobius. He's trying to pick her up and help her get away from Eliath. Um, and so just cutting back to the the group of Lokis. They're standing in front of uh, of Eliath, 
and Loki's getting ready to go down there and try to kill him with a sword. A sword which uh, Kid Loki has given to him, which which will, will catch on fire for some reason. I don't know what the significance is behind the sword, but it's a sword that can light itself on it's, fire. It's a cool sword. Is it? That's what you yeah, it's a sword. sweet sword. It's, it's a, a sweet cool sword. sword. I'm not going to lie. That's all it has to be is a cool sword that lights on fire. <laughs> and then Kid Loki says, there's a car coming. And they're like, what? And he's like, yeah, it's it's normally marauding cannibals or pirate cannibals. One of the two. <laughs> yeah, cannibal, um, cannibals it, are a big thing, apparently, in the void. <laughs> But it ends up being obviously Mobius and Sylvie. Uh, there's this really, really cool, really cool scene between Mobius and Loki because Mobius is going to go back to the TVA and confront Judge Renslayer. But um, he basically is like, they're basically, you know, all right, sorry, I'm trying to get my words out. He's basically saying bye to Loki and he calls him his friend and he ha- ha- holds out his hand for Loki to shake and Loki gives him a hug. And there's this really cool intimate moment between them as, as buddies. And uh, Owen Wilson looks over uh, Loki's shoulder at Sylvie and says, You're my favorite. <laughs> You're it's, still my favorite. It's really funny. It really well uh, done. It's, it's such a cool scene, man. And it's such a cool cap to like the building of their friendship across the last few episodes is to see that. Yeah. Um, before he heads off, obviously, through the, the portal back to the TVA. Yeah. So, all right. So, and then, so, and then we get to the like one of just one of my favorite scenes in the entire show. It's just amazing. Um, so, they Loki and Sylvie go down to Eliath, um, and the the goal is obviously Sylvie. We Sylvie wants to enchant Eliath so she can get to the end of all to get to see who's behind the void, who's behind the TVA, who's behind the timekeepers, and everything. Because there's one person. Um, they think that's behind everything so she goes down to Elioth. um she tries to enchant him she realizes it's not working she's not powerful enough by by herself loki runs try to runs to her rescue he holds up the fire sword which is not doing anything and then she basically held, holds out her hand and says um because he loki's trying to enchant the cloud himself and he's like i can't do it i can't do it i don't have that power that you have and so she holds his hand, and he realizes he actually does have the power. But they basically combine both of their powers, and they end up... Um... Oh, wait a minute. No, I'm leaving out my favorite part. I'm sorry. I'm leaving out my favorite part. So there needs to be... I say, a... you're, you're missing it. Like yeah, I'm bank, leaving it out. I don't, I don't know how I left it out. All right, so there's this whole thing where they're trying to distract Elias, um, because he keeps going for Sylvie. Um, and she can't do it her, her uh, on her own, obviously, because she's not strong enough for Elias. No one is. Um, so... We think that Kid Loki and Classical Loki have just bombed. They, they've left. Like, we're out. There's no way you're doing this, so we're out. We're just going to live our, out our days here. But then you get to this part where you see Classical Loki. He's standing He's standing in the middle of a field, and he starts brazing. He starts manifesting Asgard in this huge open field. Yeah, so to just, share, just before we get into that, it's like Elias like, is drawn to Varian energy. So yes. anything that comes through that's a variant from other timelines and stuff, he is automatically drawn to it. Yeah. The bigger the thing is, the more of the energy it gives off. So he's drawn to it and devours it. Yeah. So that's like he's going for Sylvie. She's giving off the most trying to enchant him, and that's where like classy Loki comes in. Sorry, go for that. Just to no man, no, and and it's been hinted at that you know in order to manifest like stuff like illusions, projections, it takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of strength for um for classical Loki to do that so he ends up he ends up manifesting the entire city of asgard um 
and he oh man it's such an awesome scene the music he's he's just like in full classical loki gear oh man it's so awesome he, he's screaming glorious purpose oh it's so good man richard he kills it he yeah. kills richard it e. richard grant e. Is freaking am- grant man freaking amazing it just yes yeah. so mind-blowing to see him do that and and he of course raises up asgard this creates this massive massive burst of uh, variant energy that draws a mm-hmm. life that allows uh, Loki and Sylvie to basically stand together and hold hands and yep. focus their energy so they can both charm him. Mm-hmm. Uh, this does lead to the death of classic Loki. Yeah. Which in the most and he's, he, he dies as he's laughing. Loki way possible. Arms stretched out with the projection, laughing in the face of a lion as he just runs through him. It's like, yeah, that's that's like the most oh, Loki way to awesome. go out. Like, just the most amazing. Yeah, I, was my, I think that was my favorite scene in the entire show. Oh, just, that was it was because you realize you realize like him doing that is showing what emotional connection he had with Asgard. That was the first thing that he was able to conjure up. And he conjured up all of it, and it took so much energy, so much strength. Oh man, it was it was awesome. Um, so yeah, so that that um, what do you call it? That allows for um, Loki and Sylvie to enchant, holding hands, enchant Eliath, and basically take over him. And in the middle of Eliath, in the middle of the cloud, you see it separate, and you see this floating circle and then it looks like it's in the middle of space surrounded by it looks like a white donut and you can see there's this castle on top um and it ends the episode ends that's that's where the episode ends it ends with the Uh, next episode going to be the big reveal of who was behind it all yeah did you want to jump into episode six yeah i can do that let me catch up and chat before we jump into that uh logical robot saying i can verify it i am chris hemsworth Another. <laughs> Another. Another. Um, I like that. I know. You're going to lose a lot of dishes, dude. Just saying. <laughs> uh, Mallet saying he was perfectly cast for classic Loki. It's like, well, it looks like he died, but he is a master of illusion. This true. is very true. true. And especially with the, you know, the multiverse being a thing now, as we're going to get into, it's like, maybe we'll see I classic hope we Loki see more on there. I, yeah, I'd I be down for more. that. Uh, precisely Malik expect the unexpected absolutely he did a phenomenal job with such a great response like hey you never know what's going to happen I'd be yeah. just just a what if episode like what if season 2 of a classic Loki episode I'd be down yes you know what I mean I'd be totally down for that but here we go episode 6 the one that mm-hmm. we all and I said this to you earlier never going into episode 1 did I think this is where we were going to be coming into episode 6 I don't know. I didn't know where we were going to end up, man. But this, this is not it. I couldn't have predicted this. I could not have predicted this is what we were going to be doing. I just, I not even close. And it opens up really cool as well. The whole episode opens up with uh, the Marvel Studios logo, Mm -hmm. but with like different voiceovers from some of the different movies and different things throughout time taking Mm -hmm. place as a hint of like that we are now at the heart of it all. Yeah, that this building on this floating rock is literally at the heart of the sacred timeline of everything that's going on mm-hmm. um, so we see Loki and Sylvie approaching it so, and oh, I'm sorry but before you jump in so that white donut that we see is at, is a literal timelines that yeah, are that's, surrounding the citadel yeah that's a literal sacred timeline like you can yeah. actually see it and stuff from sorry I didn't mean to cut it no no worries uh, so they approach the entrance of the citadel and Sylvie is kind of like 
prepping herself and mm-hmm. Loki is kind of like checking with her are you okay it's like look I've been preparing for this my whole life just <laughs> I just need a minute just give me a minute okay it's like, yep sure fine whatever got it and then the door opens like obviously like whoever's in charge knows you're here yeah yeah and you don't have go to go inside this this big rundown looking building this big rundown looking mansion inside definitely looks like it's not been used vastly in a long time and we then get the biggest jump scare in Marvel history as every- the dog crap out of somebody Miss Minutes oh, just crap. appears hi there out of nowhere like right here on the screen and I'm like if you have not seen that happen it's like it scares the crap out of you yeah it's like oh my goodness dude I had my headphones on for that and I almost jumped out of my chair <laughs> Good grief. And no, because they're building up all this tension of like leading to who it is, obviously, and it's like n- did not expect. Even if it was going to be like Miss Minutes, as we saw, that's not how I expected to see her. And um, but she's that ninja. Hey, Christian Ninja, right. in the house. Can you do a shout out for him for his yep, natural? Absolutely, for Christian Ninja. Thank you so much for coming in, dude. Appreciate you stopping by. And um, she then starts conversing. Oh, what game are you playing there? Dang. That's a woolly mammoth that's going crazy. <laughs> Sorry, that just totally distracted me there, that shout-out screen. Um, oh, he's wrecking Shappas. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so the Miss Minute starts conversing with them. And we've, we've kind of had hints. Yeah, we're talking Loki. We're now on episode six. We're getting into the finale of it, Ninja. Um, so yeah, Miss Minutes starts talking, and we've been getting hints that Miss Minutes might be a little bit more than she seemed. Yeah, throughout the episode, like a lot of people had theories that it might be her that's actually behind everything. Mm-hmm. And we find out she's not behind everything, but she is working directly for who is. Yeah, uh, he who remains. He who remains is the name that we're giving. He who remains Which is, is th- actually a throwback to the comics because the head okay. of the TVA is actually he who remains. Um, it's an old guy that's in charge of everything that basically oversees the TVA and mm-hmm. um, I mean literally go to his Marvel wiki page even there's not a lot to him the guy's not yeah. a massive thing he's more of a character that just exists he's there he's big he's powerful in charge of the TVA but we don't get to see much of it uh, the Miss Minutes part didn't actually spook me I was surprised at how much that got people uh, <laughs> is she AI or sentient being I don't know. I, I, think, I would assume sentient. I think she's definitely some sort of sentient being because it, if it was an AI, there's somewhere that's running her, but she seems to be able to go between the TVA and the Citadel. Yeah. Where he who remains stays. So it's very much like she's a sentient being that can move. Yeah. Like she's second only to he who remains himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically she says to him, like, this is really good that you came this far. You you did well making it here. Yeah. He has an offer for you. How would you like to return to the timeline with everything you ever wanted? Loki, you could win the Battle of New York. You could hold the Infinity Gauntlet. You could take out Thanos. Sylvie, you could have a life full of happy memories. Mm-hmm. And they basically say, no, we're good. We can make our yeah. own destiny. Like, yeah. If you say so. And she disappears. And I was like, okay. Um, <laughs> and Malison kind of annoyed that they called him He Who Remains because that isn't really who it is. But it was to say the name 
till you get to that part in a bit. Yeah, well, they kind of is he who remains, but they also merged it with another character as well. I'm going to get to. Um, yeah, that's definitely something that happens in the comics, Ninja. That's one of the reasons, <laughs> like, Kang being a thing coming up in the future is going to be awesome. But Loki and Sylvie delve deeper. I'll go back to the TVA eventually because there's not that much that happens there. We do get a little bit of it, but uh, most of the stuff takes place here in the Citadel for this episode. Yeah, we're in the Citadel basically the entire time. Um, so they get to an elevator, like they hear an elevator going off, and the doors open and we get our look at He Who Remains. Mm-hmm. Which, if you know who the actor was, this was a massive reveal. Because the actor is Jonathan Majors, mm-hmm. who is the actor that was announced that has been cast as Kang the Conqueror in the upcoming Ant-Man and Wasp movie. So I, when one, the door opened, it's like, it is that character. One thing I want to say is I am super excited to see him in future projects and see what he does with the character. I do feel like, and I know I might be in the minority here, and I'm, I'm totally okay with that. I feel like his... And it might have been on purpose, obviously, but I feel like his his characterization of He Who Remains slash Kang mm-hmm. was a little campy, a little over the top, which I think obviously was on purpose. Yeah, I was going to say that. It, it missed a little bit with me, just a bit. It was a little bit campy in his portrayal, but I think that was the point. Because I, yeah. I think going forward, what we are going to see from Jonathan Majors, especially since like we know that Kang's coming and they hint heavily at other variants of him coming, mm-hmm. I think he, this he is, ate all the scenery. Oh yeah, he ate his scenery. He, like he was full after that episode. Like that man yeah. just can chew yeah. scenery like no other. But like <laughs> I think we are going to see some major acting chops from him. Yeah, he on it seems like I haven't seen him in a lot of stuff, but yeah, on different portrayals of variants of the same character. I think we are yeah. going to see some amazing acting chops off of this dude going forward. I legitimately do because this variant is yeah. like because everyone can like oh my goodness it's Kang okay, but this wasn't Kang. Yeah, this yeah. I don't know if his name's actually Kang. We never get his actual name. He hints that he's been called a lot of things, one of them being Conqueror, and sure. um, kind of hinting at Kang the Conqueror. But from the description of what he said about his own variants, Kang the Conqueror is one of his variants. Mm-hmm. Uh, this version of him being he who remains is actually more in line with um, a version who is actually in the comics a variant of Kang the Conqueror called Immortius. Mm-hmm. If I'm saying that right, it's Immortus or Immortius. Immortus, I think. <clears throat> Immortus. Um, who is basically... Who's, I've heard described as the most powerful variant of Kang the Conqueror. Mm-hmm. And the least evil. Which I love the fact that he's not described as good. He's described as the least evil. Which is terrifying <laughs> that there is probably yeah. not a good variant of Kang out there in the multiverse. Um, so... Uh, sorry, I want to get into chat real quick. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah he did. Chat. He did have an underlying madness going on, uh, Ninja. Um, Kang is going to be way different personality since a variant. I yeah. think they made him more flippant to make him more relatable to Loki. Yeah, I would agree. I do not think they're going to CGI his face. I think it's just going to be majors, honestly, in the role. Um, they might like accent something, kind of like they did with Jeff Goldblum um, with the with what's his face in Ragnarok. Um, they obviously he's blue in the comics, but they kind of hinted at that with with some of the you know um, makeup that they did with him. But I feel like they're just going to keep him as is. Um, yeah, I think the most we'll see is possibly some makeup, maybe a little bit of his, um, prosthetics and stuff, depending how they mm-hmm. portray Kang. Because um, yeah. I think I, I foresee them going his classic look, or at least something inspired by that, because they've really been heavy on that recently. Mm-hmm. on doing stuff like think of like a like 
uh, like Sam Wilson's like Captain America costume, yeah. or uh, Wanda's like Scarlet Witch costume at the end of One Division. They've been going mm-hmm. stuff that's as comic accurate as they can get, while also modernizing it and making it yeah. work for the MCU. Yeah. Um, which has been awesome. So I think we'll get something kind of based on Kang stuff, mm-hmm. because Kang's uniform comes from like as from technology he found. Yeah, there was to help empower himself. So we're going to get a version of that, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, but Immortus, he who remains, kind of merged together in this character, and it's funny because at first he's very campy, and you were like, "What the heck is going on?" Like he's very, yeah. he's very non-threatening when you initially meet him. He's not intimidating he doesn't carry himself with power and strength as you would imagine mm-hmm. um but then like i love the fact that even when we get in the elevator he invites them into his office and they go down in the elevator and <laughs> sylvie goes to attack him and he just teleports immediately yeah like multiple times to the point of like he ends up teleporting out of the elevator and is waiting yeah outside waiting the doors the when they finally get there and it was like oh um and I love the fact of the explanation that we get because basically the whole time they thought they had been beating the thing and getting to him and he basically reveals like right off the bat holding them pieces of paper with their whole conversation on it mm-hmm. basically telling them yeah I know what's going to happen I planned all this Yeah, this, that you were meant to get here it's like that no we chose our own path and it's like that awesome line where he's like that it's like no I created the path you just walked along it yeah and it's like, and you start to freak out. Like this guy is ridiculously powerful. Yeah. Like the the power that this guy holds is insane. Like he is literally able to dictate the timeline. Mm-hmm. And and it's so cool because he's just so in control. Even Sully goes from again at another point and he teleports again. And it's like, oh my goodness, he's literally got. And he's like, because he even says to him, like, I've planned all of this. How do you think I can teleport out the roads? Where I need to move yeah. to is already programmed into the temp pad. That's how I can yeah. move. You need to have it pre-programmed in so I already know what's going to happen. And he basically starts laying out everything. And we get... It's a funny, ton of exposition. It's a mass exposition dump, but it is done in the, like, the most fantastical way. The way he portrays the character, the conversation that's taking place, everything that's going on, like mm-hmm. you can't not hang on Jonathan Major's words. Like I, I have got yeah. to give props. One of the most phenomenal actors in this, he yeah. just he owns he who remains. He just yeah. portrays him and goes all out for him. Just kind of chilled, very calm, not very intimidating, a little unhinged, a little psycho, a bit. Yeah, a bit, a little bit off. Just yeah, a bit. Um, but he basically starts to explain to them, and we get the explanation of what actually happened to the multiverse, hmm. which is phenomenal. Of like, basically, like it was a variant of him from the future, from the thirty-first century, mm-hmm. discovered that there were universes stacked on top of each other, and of course, as other versions of him started finding this out, they started opening doorways and connecting with each other. And he's very like, it was very, very peaceful time, you know, very self-congratulatory. <laughs> You know, it's like uh, I, I like your shoes. I like your hair. I like your nose. <laughs> you know, it's like very awesome sort of thing. And then it was, but then we started finding variants who weren't as peaceful. Very hinting at Kang the Conqueror esque, who were there to dominate, to conquer, to rule, and it ended up blowing into a multiversal war. Which he's he's very. He doesn't answer specifically how he does it, but he basically 
states that he managed to somehow gain control of Eliath mm-hmm. and use him to basically tr- prune the other multiverses mm-hmm. and end the multiversal war. And like he's very like he doesn't tell how he did that exactly, mm-hmm. but he did, and that's when he set up the void with Eliath for himself there and created the sacred timeline. You know, and it's like it's kind of funny because when he explains it, it's actually not that far off of the story that we found out at the start. The story, yeah. that, which is that thing that always plays in my mind of like that the best way to tell a good lie is to keep it close to the truth. You know, it's like it's very similar to what we get told at the very beginning. Just mm-hmm. the timekeepers aren't real; it's him controlling it. He is the timekeeper essentially, and the multiverse went into madness and a war. He just didn't tell everybody that hey it was me that caused it mm-hmm. it was literally him warring with himself that caused it um, and as he's kind of going through this stuff and explaining it to them he then kind of lays out his whole plan here and why he even brought them here is that he's older than he looks he's way older and he's tired he said I've lived millenniums yeah it's like he's been doing this for a long time and he says and there's two options here is I had to find someone to take over, which turned out to be two someones in the form of you two, mm-hmm. or you kill me. And the multiverse spreads out and is born again. Yep. And once that happens, the war will start again. And when that happens, I'll do what I did last time and be right back here. And you'll have infinite versions <laughs> of me, basically. You so. Know. Because, like, yeah, you'll have infinite versions of me worse than that, and eventually when the war ends, I'll just be back here doing what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. It's not going to change anything. Um, which, I love the fact that Sylvie kind of gets up in his face, like, he's done all these horrible things and stuff. Yeah. And manipulating people and taking away timelines. And I I love that Ranty goes on telling her to grow up. It's like, grow up, her, Sylvie. He calls her a hypocrite. It's like, yeah, it's like, you hypocrite. It's like we've all done horrible things. We've all murderer. <laughs> it's like yeah, but murderer. You've all we've all been horrible, and you're linking in the room. It's like yeah, like Loki, Sylvie, and you know, Immortus have all done horrible things. And it's like at least this way you'll be doing it for good, for something so, worthwhile. Sorry, I want to pop in a chat real quick. Yeah, yeah, so, no chat. I've seen it kind of uh, popping ninja- off there. <laughs> Yeah, Ninja is uh, basically said, do you think the underlying message of Loki was to tell fans to back off the world building, building that they did, taking the shackles off the Avengers? Yeah, I feel like, so for me, I think phase one through three was basically, can we tell a linear story with these characters that everybody knows and loves and make it um, believable and approachable, which they were able to do? I think now that they've established that they can do that, let's actually dip into deeper comic lore. Multiverses is a thing in the comics. Let's see if we can do that. Um uh, appropriately, and this is this this is the setting the stage for that. Uh, Mallet said, "I uh, definitely gives them a bit more freedom going forward." Absolutely. Um, logical. I'm hoping ma- madness and mu- multiverse of madness takes the MCU in a perhaps more subversive horror genre direction. The foundation is already there entirely to go a bit more darker. I would agree. Yeah, I, I have no doubt we're going to get some darker stuff as well. Multiverse and madness, especially bringing that forward. Yeah. Um, exactly what Sano said. I am inevitable. And then he died. Yep. Yeah. I'm yeah. inevitable. <laughs> Nothing happened. Die. <laughs> but yeah. So it's like it's, it was a really in- 
Hey, Locke, we got Locke? the end of it. Thank you so much for popping in, Locke. And we're done. Thank you. Have a great day. <laughs> <laughs> we're, not, we're not quite done yet. We're almost done. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like he basically lays us all out to them. It's your choice. And he says, like, why would you give us the choice for that? And it's like, so I'm here, you can end now. Um, <laughs> it's like that, why would you give us that choice? And it's basically what you said, like, I'm, I'm tired, I'm done. I'm older than I look. It's like... Um, and the funny thing is that when that's going on as well, like stuff, you hear like a rumble. Yeah. And he looks worried for the first time since he's been here, and he pauses. And, and he's like, I, I, he says, like, I kind of lied. Like I knew everything that was going to happen up to seven, eight, nine, ten seconds ago. <laughs> he says, I don't know what's going to happen now. And you see the timeline behind him starting to slightly branch out. Yeah. And basically, like, oh, and he's, and he's this like, "This is it. This is it, man. It's in your hands. What do you do next?" Um, before we jump into what they do there, I want to jump over to the TVA quickly. Yeah, absolutely. And um, because we get Morbius coming back, Renslayer's basically lost it. She's going nuts. She is. At this point, we realize that Renslayer is essentially like a full-blown cultist. Yeah. To the timekeepers, like. She's drank the Kool Aid. She is wholeheartedly on this, to the point of like she, you know, like we even see uh, Hunter B fifteen, like going on the the run to try and get them to come after her and stuff. Uh, the other hunters to come after her, and they find Judge Renslayer mm. in her real life in the real world, working in a school. Yeah, she's like the superintendent of a Which school. Which I was like always intrigued by because the reason they found that was because of one of the pens in our office. And I'm like, why do you? Why was that pen in our office? Why was she allowed to have that? Yeah, you know, and like, but that's that was just one of those questions. Of like, maybe that's something that will come up. But I was always curious that that hinged a lot in that pen. Why was that there? Um, but basically, yeah. So people are now starting to get enlightened to like, hey, we're variants, and the timekeepers are a lie. They don't mm -hmm. exist. So Mobius goes in. Uh, no, sorry, Miss Minutes appears to her first. They give her a reading that she asked for, and she's like, This isn't what I asked for. It's like, Yeah, but he thought it'd be helpful. Yeah. Who thought it'd be helpful? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Disappear. <laughs> like, You're too creepy for your own good. <laughs> yes, please stop. Please, please stop just randomly appearing. Thank you. Um, and then, of course, like that, she's getting freaked out, and of course, Mobius then comes in and confronts her. Mm hmm. You know, she's like, well, if there was anyone going to make it back from the void, I should have known it would have been you. And, like, the actual hurt on his face, it's like, ugh. Yeah, because she's like that. It's like, because she's like, she's like, we need to keep this place running. We need to keep it doing what we're doing. I'm like, we need to stick to mission. Like, what mission? The timekeepers don't exist. We're all variants. What mission are we keeping to? And she's like, you betrayed me. And she's like, no, you betrayed me. Yeah. Picking two Lokis over me. And it's like, she is, like, so far gone at this yeah. point um, and he goes to basically take her on he gets whooped in like a second Mobius is not the physical type apparently <laughs> he gets knocked <laughs> in his butt um, and he asks her because he, he says to her, like we can rebuild this place yeah well he doesn't want to fight her he, like, he doesn't want to fight at all and make it worthwhile because this is still his friend she's been his friend for years yeah and she said and you know and he's like that it's like well what do we get from this and it's like it's like you know chaos madness like free will the only person who deserves free will is the one in charge of it all and it's like do you mm. hear yourself mm -hmm. 
And then she goes to take off through one of the doorways and he says, where are you going to go? And she says, in search of free will. And she walks through and it's like, okay, like, yeah, you're coming back later. Yeah. Um, so, like, he... Basically now Mobius is in charge of the TVA. Yeah. Because Renslayer's walked away. There are no timekeepers. So now Mobius, <laughs> one of the only ones that really knows what's going on at this minute in time, is now thrown into being in charge of the TVA. Um... So we'll jump back to Loki, Sylvie, and He Who Remains. Um, Sylvie, of course, now that they've got to make the choice, 100% goes to kill him. That is her choice. She's, like, sticking to her guns. And Loki blocks her and pulls her back. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what are you doing? It's like, look, we need to talk about this. It's like, as he... He's like, I believe him. It's like, I believe him. It's like, he's a liar. It's like, yeah, so am I, and I don't think he's lying. It's like that. He is he a necessary evil, or are we going to kill him and unleash all this other worse versions of him? Yeah. Onto the multiverse, and it's like, and I I completely agree with Loki here. Like, this at least deserves a conversation. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Because at this point, like, this might happen, and if it does happen, we are going to have to deal with it. <laughs> I yep. get you want revenge here, but this is way bigger than you and me. And he even says that to like, this is bigger than you and me. And she's like, you you're just doing this. You just want your throne. And it's like, it's like, why can't we see eye to eye in this? And he says, because you can't trust anyone. Yeah. And I can't be trusted. And I, it, it's such a deep cut that when they said that, it's like, oh. And yeah. then we get this really cool fight between the two of them. The two of them just going at each other, and she eventually knocks Loki down, goes for the last big attack on him, and Loki teleports himself right in front of her, and the blade like stops here. Yeah. And it's like, look, 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 let's just talk. Yeah, and he's like, I don't care about a throne. I want to make sure that you're okay. One of the best, just dialogues from Loki, and best performances from Tom Hiddleston in any movie or show uh, to this point. Hiddleston rocked this man. He was amazing. Dude, man. And then of course he says that she's got the blade at him and she pulls it down and kisses him. And I'm like, good. If you two don't kiss by the end of this, by the way, like I'm I know, flip. I'm like that. It's like the two you just kissed. This has been building for so long. The I know, right? It's ridiculous. Just kiss her. <laughs> just get it over with, dude. And and then she kicks him through a doorway to the TVA. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and the best bit of that is you see the heartbreak on his face. Yep. He is destroyed. Yep. And she goes and stabs him. Right he remains and I love the line he just looks at her and smiles and goes see you soon yeah and dies and it's like and you see the timeline like branching insane. it looks like the, the uh, neurons of a brain it's yeah. br- already branched it goes so from this much. like one timeline with like a dark background with the white over it to literally being covered in white yeah you can't see anything through it it's like there's so many timelines coming through Mm-hmm. And you see, get to see uh, Mobius and Hunter B fifteen like looking at it, going, "Yeah, I guess we're ready." It's like, "Be ready for this?" Not really. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, but let's see what we can do. You know. Yeah. Forever, always, sort of thing. Yeah. Whatever the TVA's thing is, I can't remember it now. But so Loki, like again, acting from Hiddleston, phenomenal. The scene Dude. after that happens, and he's just sitting there broken. I'm like you feel so much hurt for him and then he takes off down the hallway to try and find Mobius he ends up finding him in the library 
Mm-hmm. And there's him and B15 are clearly trying to like guide stuff and work out what do we do next now. <laughs> like this is all going yeah. crazy. And then Loki appears and says like it's it's done. We can't stop it. Mm-hmm. It's like the guy at the end that was controlling all of this. We killed him. And there's worse versions of him coming. And it's like and you see Mobius going calm down, calm down. It's like you're an analyst, right? What division are you with? Like, what? And it's like, Heart who are? And you're like, wait, what? And he goes, who are you? And I'm like, he doesn't know who he is. And you see Loki looking off in the distance, and when it turns around, where there was stuff of the timekeepers. There was like statues of the timekeepers. There's literally a statue of. Let's be honest, it's Kang the Conqueror. It's Kang the Conqueror. It looks like Kang the Conqueror. Because he has the helmet, he has the. The chess piece, everything. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a variant of Immortus, regardless, but it looks yeah. like Kang the Conqueror. Um, yeah. So, question for you on this, because that's where it ends. The mm-hmm. only end credit thing we get is that season two is coming, which yeah. I'm glad we're getting that. Yeah. Do you think that the timeline has been rewritten for him, or do you think this is another timeline, a different one he's been I don't know, man. Because I've, I've seen two people arguing that he was kicked into a different TVA. But then the TVA is kind of outside of the timelines, so yeah. it's like, is it that's, the same one thing. and the timeline has just changed? That's my thing, I don't know. Um, because the TVA, like you said, it's supposed to be outside of time. It's supposed to be outside of the sacred timeline. So there is only one TVA, there is only one, you know, of, of those things. So uh, I don't know if by branching the timelines, have we created, like, just infinite numbers of TVAs, well, that's infinite the question, numbers of because, Well, that's a question, it was outside of time. Yeah, but like they've never had to deal with a multiverse before. They just mm-hmm. cut off separate timelines. But like, like what does the TVA do? Is there even different TVAs now? Because these timelines, you're not cutting them off and branching them. It's like they're just there. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, Interesting one sorry. from Logstead there. Well, it's outside of the sacred timeline. Yeah, true, true. As I personally, it has to be a yeah, personally, I hope it's a variant. And my only reason that I desperately hope that. Is because I really hope the Mobius that Loki made friends with is still there yeah. and hasn't been yeah, rewritten. I agree. Because if that I version agree. of Mobius is gone, I am going to be heartbroken because that yeah. friendship between the two of them is one of my favorite things that took place. And Agreed. I really hope it's not gone. Yeah. And all right, do you want to catch up with chat then before we can? Uh... Yeah, absolutely. So uh, just going back a little bit, um, was, uh, chat's been popping off while we were kind of wrapping up episode six there. <laughs> um, so there was one thing that Locke had called out. Um, there was a couple videos that had showed a sync up between the end credit scene of WandaVision when she's floating in the air and trying to find her kids. Uh, there was a thunderclap, and then she heard Bobby and Billy, or what's what's their names? She heard the, her yeah, kids' Billy voices. Billy and Tommy, yeah. Billy and Tommy, that's it. She heard their voices say mommy. They they sync that up. They put it on top of the Loki uh, where um, uh, he who remains is talking, and the thunderclap hits on his, and they synced it up, and it like it like fits perfect. And they were talking about you know is that done on purpose or was that an accident? I definitely don't think that's an accident. No one Marvel think, is probably not an accident. Yeah, that's probably part of the plan. There's some deep cut uh, stuff in in their shows, um, but yeah, that was that was really cool. Um, they were talking about the memory wipe. Like, did we discuss how they never explained the memory wiping of the variants at TVA? Um, and Ninja said it was either a memory wipe or alternative timeline. Memory wipe seems more plausible. Um, let me see. So Logical said he wasn't sold at all on the show at the first episode, but uh, they began delivering something that many didn't expect in the end. 
it was still a bit divisive, um, no less, but it set up so many possible paths. Yeah, I'm definitely super excited for what's coming. I'm especially excited for the Doctor Strange movie and really the Spider-Man movie, honestly. I, I really feel like the Spider-Man movie is where we're going to be properly, properly introduced to the multiverse. Um, let me see. Uh, other thing considered, uh, if that if that Mobius is gone, that Renslayer is gone too. That's true. I don't think that Renslayer is gone, personally, because I think the way she was built up is we're going to see that Renslayer come back, and she's going to be the one that's the love interest for Kang if they go that way, or at least like a disciple of Kang or something. Because she's so desperate for that guidance, I think she's going to abuse that and take her in. Oh, apparently I got it wrong. So Bobby and Thunder so close. <laughs> the thunderclap <laughs> happened when um, she was uh, fighting with Agnes, basically, and, and revealed herself as a Scarlet Witch. So, uh, but yeah, it was it was really cool. Um, yeah, so if that Renslayer is around, then that Mobius has to be around as well. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> what I was would it? Agree. You said Billy and Tommy, and in my head I went Power Rangers. Like, that's definitely a different timeline. Uh, there's no way that Renslayer is gone. Yeah, no, she definitely ain't gone. Uh, but that's my point, yeah, if she's still around, or Mobius has to be. True, actually, yeah, true, if she's still around, then probably will be, so. But yeah, but that's that's basically it from Loki. Loki ended up there, clearly setting up the multiverse, which obviously next month we're getting What If, mm-hmm. which I understand the placement of that being so late now. It's like obviously like Marvel had a plan, as always. Yeah. Um, so that was to be like, now the multiverse is there, we're going to get a look at some of them. And some of them, if you've seen the trailer for What If, it'll look amazing. Um, but this is also going to tie into WandaVision with what's happening with Wanda. It's going to tie into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, as well as Spider-Man No Way Home. We've got all these things connecting together to create the multiverse. Um, yeah. And really, I think, in my honest opinion, Build Up is Kang the Conqueror being the next big bad for this saga. Like we had yeah. Thanos last one and we had Kang for this one. And if anyone's in our Discord, if you're not, you can go ahead and check it out there. We keep our conversations going. I posted in our Discord today um a picture of Kang and Thanos facing off and Kang basically ripping out Thanos' spine by dissolving him <laughs> um in time and it's like yeah, it's like if you think Thanos is the big bad of Marvel, you ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah. You have not seen nothing like what Kang can do and his power, if done right, is going to be way worse than that. Um, and I think it's going to—it was the next logical step to elevate stuff for this. So I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes. When do you think? Uh, obviously, Kang is the main villain of the the next Ant Man, Quantum Mania. When yeah. do you think the next time we'll see him is? Because well, I think we'll see him before Ant Man, because Ant Man is like 2023 or 2022. Yeah, like I think we might start seeing kind of post-credit scenes in the upcoming movies, mm-hmm. hinting at if not Kang, other variants of yeah. uh, He Who Remains. I think we'll start mm-hmm. seeing some of them show up. We might get a couple that appear and try and cause some trouble before we actually get Kang himself. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I think we're going to start s- slowly building it up. Kind of like we did with Thanos. Because like, we saw Thanos at the end of the first Avengers movie and everyone went, oh my goodness, they're going to fight Thanos next and literally we just got clips of Thanos appearances and like Guardian. For like five years. <laughs> until we got him. I think it's going to be like that. We're going to get bits and pieces of his story building to a big finale of it. Yeah. So like, yeah, kind of like Locke's saying, it's like it's going to be glimpses of other universes possibly. Mm-hmm. But I yeah. think 
I think the after credit stuff is mostly going to be like building up what's important for this upcoming saga. Because mm-hmm. they've got to jump into other universes, unless it's important to the main story, you've got the What If series to explore them. Which yep. the What If series, I essentially take it as they're kind of doing like the old What If comics, obviously, of like looking at mm-hmm. what happened if this happened. But honestly, more kind of a, not just asking like, oh, what if this happened? It's more like Grant Morrison's Multiversity for DC. Yeah. if you've ever read that comic but it's literally just stories from across the 52 multiverses in dc mm-hmm. not related to anything just showing these different worlds what's taking place on them who the characters are and giving you stories from them to give you a hint i think yeah. it's going to be more like that of like this multiverse is out there we may tap into it again but if not here's a cool story yeah so as we kind of wrap up i think i think you know there's not really much of the future of marvel to go into like this is like the start of what's coming for marvel and all of this stuff is going to tie in mm-hmm. um to the big multiversal stuff there's no way it's not it's not much to be talked about on that i don't think yeah um unless you had any other thoughts on it and um, i was just nope. going to say then what is you like wrapping up we went through the six episodes final thoughts on loki season one because I, again I, season two yeah again i think this is probably my favorite show out of all the marvel shows that we've had on disney plus i feel like the acting was awesome i love the character arc for loki i like the introduction to the new characters Uh, i'm really excited to see what this does for the mcu specifically the immediate aftermath of this and the next couple of projects in the mcu um yeah i'm excited i'm really pumped now for the spider-man movie because having dr strange in it um yeah because you weren't pumped for that at all before (laughs) <laughs> no not at all not at all. i'm not a spider-man fan at all but yeah man i i really 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 enjoyed it like i said it started off slow for me uh and episode three kind of dipped but it just really picked up and it's again it's my favorite show absolutely so. um i think definitely the show for me is definitely it's my favorite so far it was a good long-term building of mm-hmm. across six i can say as long-term building six episodes it was phenomenal yeah um, but it's definitely my favourite so far kind of like you sometimes I would say WandaVision is but they're very different shows like WandaVision yes. is very much more character driven and very emotion heavy and building into what the situation was obviously the big thing dealing with grief and how to overcome that mm. um, which it was phenomenal definitely you know Elizabeth Olsen did amazing in that um, but absolutely like this one just what it sets up like it, it's made me want more yeah, I, like, I don't necessarily need another season of One Division. I'm quite happy for Wanda just to go and be part of the big world now. And mm-hmm. same with Sam and Bucky from Falcon and Winter Soldier. Although we're probably getting a sequel, Captain America and Winter Soldier. Yeah. And um, but for Loki, I'm like, no, I need to know what happens next. I need to know where this. Where's goes Mobius? Me. It's like, <laughs> what? What's the next steps for this? You know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, overall, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Um, let's yeah, just say, I really, really Black like Widow that. end credit scene was prepping for Hawkeye, but I was kind of surprised it wasn't hinting at multiverse stuff more. It does seem like most of the endings are going to be pointing towards the multiverse, but we'll see, I suppose. Yeah, I think some of them might. It depends. It's like It depends what ties into the story best for it, because they need to set up the other properties that are in this timeline. Um, but we don't know, because this is the first time they've had multiple timelines to talk about. So yeah, I guess we will see. But that's, yeah, man. that's kind of it for our review of Loki today. Um, let me do some like wrap-up stuff here for it and tell you the stuff that we've got coming up as well as some other stuff. First of all, we are, um, as I we kind of talked about, heading towards the goal of 500 followers here on Twitch. Let me get an exact number. 
so we are sitting at 474 at the moment. So that's 26 to go. So we are like um, 26 followers to go. So once we get those 26 and we officially hit 500 followers, uh, we are looking to do a giveaway. Uh, whoever is our 500th follower will automatically get a piece of merch from our merch store, which this link works. Let me check and make sure, which you can see over on Teespring. So, merchy, merchy, merch. Uh, if you've got friends that aren't following us yet that might enjoy the content here, go ahead and you know recommend us there, get them in here. They might get a free piece of merch if they are follower number 500. Um, and also, once we hit 500, one of the following streams after that, we will also do a giveaway for everyone who shows up in the chat that day. Uh, yep. Probably on Sunday during one of our podcasts, undoubtedly. Um, but we've not decided yet what we're going to do is that giveaway. We're kind of positing ideas. Um, so we'd like you guys also to think about this. We'll post it in our Discord too. Of Would you want us to do giveaway of something from the merch store, like if you're choosing? We've also looked at possibly doing a giveaway of a game on Steam, uh, like game of your choosing up to a certain amount of money. You know, we're not mm. buying you like a 60 buck game, but we might do something like 20 or 30 bucks, you know, to get you something off of Steam and gift that. I to got you. $5. <laughs> Just joking. Just joking. Um, Block. Logic's saying, I know. man, I would look amazing in those leggings. Who, could... who, who would not look amazing in those leggings? Nitro's art, did you say? <laughs> I'd be down for that. Yeah. Why not? It's like we could do a giveaway. Yeah. Like if we hit 500, we could do another special commission piece because we're coming to the end of the 12-hour stream ones. Nitro needs some content for Tuesday night. So like, you know, why not? Why not do a giveaway for an, a Nitro art piece? But like anything that you guys want, uh, we were also talking like we could look at getting some comics with some cool variant covers and cool artwork on it or some rare comics we can find. Check it. Head over to Richmond Comics and check out some. And we could... Uh, I'm still waiting on my Dipper and Mabel. I know, I know, I know. I'm he says I'm still waiting on Dipper and Mabel, but I'm more about all, I'm all about more art. I got it right here. I promise. I just <laughs> forgot it. Um, but yeah, so like we could be doing some variant comics. We could do gifted to Steam. Hell, depending on how much money we've got, we might end up doing a little bit of everything and do something for you all and find a way, you know. Um, but let us know what your ideas are that you would like to be that giveaway since you'll be the ones that are receiving it because uh, I don't want to do a giveaway for something that most of you are like ah, I'd rather you did that Yeah. so this is your chance to get it in if you don't get your opinions and stuff into us we don't know we are not going to know unless you tell us and if, mm -hmm. we, if we're doing a giveaway for something you're like I actually most of us don't want that please tell us yeah. please and we'll do we won't do it um, but yeah, if you guys as well help us on that road to 500 followers, if you are not following already and you have been checking us out, and um, go ahead hit that follow button, we'd greatly appreciate it. If you are listening to um, us on the podcast, that is at twitch.tv slash comics in the cross, go ahead and drop that follow as well. We would greatly appreciate it to get up to that goal of 500 um, and to be in part of the giveaway for it. But you have all been amazing. Thank you for everyone who showed up. We had a bunch of people in chat talking to yeah, us. Thank awesome. you for everyone who showed up and showed us some love today. We appreciate it, and I hope I will see you all again tomorrow night. Remember, Adios. you are burdened with a glorious purpose. Take care, folks. See you guys. Oh. 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 Oh.